0: hey what's up everybody I uh, just want to start this episode off by uh, saying go check out my buddy uh, dean hunter um deluxe detail you can find him on facebook it's like deluxe detail uh he's out in the shanahan manuka area he's a good friend of mine for years and years and years he's doing uh, car detailing so you get a good price get the, that interior exterior throw down get your uh, whip all waxed up and ready for the summer for the good weather here uh but I'm gonna also start by saying, you know, if you guys could go to iTunes and leave some reviews, if you can write a few little words on there, if uh, you like the content, five stars hopefully, and then, uh, you know, just give a little little uh, review of the of the podcast if you like it. That that always helps bump up and get get this out to more people. It drives it up the iTunes charts and and hopefully gets more people a chance to to find it organically. Um, other than that, just follow me on Instagram, um, at average Joe's beer podcast on Instagram, posting stuff in my stories, all that, uh, you know, a lot of beer porn, that kind of thing. What am I drinking? Discussions, uh, maybe start doing some live videos and stuff and see, see how that goes. And then, uh, and check out my buddy, uh, who's do, who does a lot of that stuff like beer reviews and, and live stuff, uh, is uh, Brady Potts. It's a shy beer guy, the shy underscore beer guy. You got to check him out on Instagram and Facebook and all that. He does some great stuff, good content. He does his beer banter, he does all kinds of good stuff. Uh, and then, you know, if you could just follow me on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, it's always super helpful. Today's episode, I'm really excited about this one. So after about a year plus, I have I'm back in Hammond, Indiana. But instead of uh, being in Hammond uh, at 18th Street, I'm down the road, right, just down Fayette there with uh, with Oswald White, or as most people probably know him as Oz, the uh, head brewer and, and the man basically over at over at the Sour Note. Um, the one thing I learned about the Sour Note with hanging out with Oz is, first of all, it's an awesome place, and they're making some really good stuff. Uh, but but Oz has like a great vision moving forward here and he's definitely doing some different stuff. And, and the biggest difference is the the conversations you'll hear us talking about uh, some IPAs that they're releasing, some straight like IPAs, not like sour IPAs or anything. So the sour note is a brand, you know, it's, it's not the sour note is not to say like the only thing we're brewing here is sours. Uh, They're doing all kinds of great stuff though. We had some awesome farmhouse. The dude is just a fucking world-class guy uh just a great guy to hang out with you know we once we felt each other out in the beginning we had a lot of fun and then we even got a little special drop in from uh the man drew fox over there so drew sat in with us for a little bit towards the end uh and we just had a great conversation i really really enjoyed my time there uh i really liked what what the future holds for the sour note but uh you you uh give it a listen and i'm sure you're going to enjoy the conversation as much as i did so here's oz from the sour note (laughs) we actually hammond Indiana, sitting in this small little tap room well, i can look out the window and see see the hammond 18th street building right yes yes sir so the sour note brewing uh introduce yourself
1: i'm oswald um i'm the brewer uh the work behind the, uh, the, the name the man
0: he's the man <laughs> behind the sour note yeah, that's, uh, I remember when I came last year, it was like March or something. I do not think this building was like open to the public. It was just getting started. And I was like, oh, you can see it right from, right from the back patio at uh, the Hammond location, 18th Street. At, uh, you guys were already kicking out beer back then. I was kind of like, "Huh, oh, like a sour dedicated brewery. Oh, yeah. It's a novel concept in, in Hammond, Indiana.
1: One of the things that got me to move up this way
0: yeah oh yeah yeah i was gonna say that's like uh that's a whole nother part of that story right oh I mean, yeah yeah you've, you've come a long way to brew to brew these beers uh, uh alongside the 18th street family so uh tell us uh where where'd you where'd you start out at i mean i know where you started out at but i'm gonna let you tell
1: people when we say <laughs> start out as far as my brewing career where, i guess where where
0: did where did you get plucked from uh um, to get, to bring up here
1: i got plucked from cigar city uh-huh. yeah um really really proud to say i was a part and am a part of that family so i'm thankful to be from there
0: that's a huge that's a huge operation down there right
1: it's huge but it's it's become more of a giant since i've left so i don't even really understand how big the beast is (laughs) so
0: when you were there like they were i mean like highlight all that stuff you know everybody knew those brands and everything but uh so it was a little bit of a smaller operation like how long were you there
1: um, I got there in 2014,
0: 2015.
1: Okay. A lot of beer. I don't really remember. Uh, <laughs>
0: what was the scene in Florida like at that time? I mean, in 2014, things I, escalated. Oh, yeah.
1: I literally saw, like, it changed. It reminded me of, like, sneakers when you didn't have the demand for sneakers and people were like, oh, why are these people standing in line? And all of a sudden, it it was – it was chaotic. I was literally one of the last few people who got a box at 2014 Huna for the so-called riot Huna, <laughs> and I remember the madness. It's it's makes me it amuses me how what people do for beer. Oh my god! That's a, like I said,
0: we were talking about that a little before we started. Like you could do a whole show on just. The culture of of what goes on now for line waiting, trading, secondary market, whatever you,
1: festivals,
0: oh yeah, like all that stuff. Uh you you were out at Wakefest too, weren't you? Were you out there?
1: I've been going to Wakefest now for at least like even personally, I've been going for about four years. So were you pouring
0: that. too out there? I know 18th Street was there, but were you were you you had a booth out there too? Yeah. Um, there was so much beer that day, I was I was overwhelmed.
1: John and Maria looked out and let me get a tent without. The hype yet so i was like thank you that's awesome <laughs> though no, they're good people that's a hell of a oh, yeah. festival love them
0: that's a lot that goes into that it, it looks like it at least man Whew. speaking of uh sour beers i think i spent like half my time drinking berliners in their tent like the florida white stuff <laughs>
1: that's all i brought down i've thought about like a lot of these people go to these festivals now and they want to go stout heavy and then i tell people now i think what we should do is just kind of focus on some of those lighter beers that break up some of the heavier things and I don't want to sound like I'm a stout hater because my number one beer is by far stouts. Like, yeah. <laughs> I go back to the old Rasputin's and everything, but I won't do that. But I'm a stout head. Stout head. Look at your angry chair guy, you said, right? I love me some angry chair. Yeah. Um, yeah, they will used to stalk that tasting room a lot. <laughs> <laughs> back in your Florida boy days. Oh,
0: yeah. So, I mean, the sour note, like, let, let's, first of all, let, maybe we should start by talking about, like, some of the styles, and that is, uh, you know, what most people are going to see in the market, uh, you know, at their local grocery, or liquor stores and things like that, and their bottle shops are going to be your guys' gozes, right? Right. I mean, you guys are throwing blueberry, blackberry, raspberries. There's, like, a cherry beet one now, right? Triple, Triple cherry, cherry beet. beet.
1: Yeah. That actually became a fan. It was a... Uh Oh, how can, how can I put this? We we were trying to bring out color, and then we ended up getting the beat out of it, and was like, "Yo, oh, this is a nice beer." Um, we've kind of limited it down to instead of having a billion gozers out there now, and trimmed them down. Yeah, so we're gonna go with three—the ones that we feel like the fruits shine a little bit more. In. So we went with the Blackberry, Raspberry, and then um, Cherry are our three cores now.
0: New cans, right? I thought, I thought I saw something on social media with new cans. Coming. Oh yeah,
1: doing new labels, trying to you know jazz it up and make it a little bit more livelier.
0: Yeah, that's, so so were those beers already in existence when you came down here or when you came up here from down there? They were. Okay. Um,
1: those uh, The Goza lines were in play when I got here. Uh, a few things were. So just a couple new things as of late that I've been popping up okay that.
0: so what was the transition like for you then so coming up to illinois uh or indiana and seeing like that you know you're kind of part of the chicago beer scene you know that that's that's obviously boomed when I mean, you talked about florida and how you watch that grow now we're watching chicago just get out of control now it's just it's wild but so what was the transition like when you came in for sour note was it like all right we need new fresh ideas was it we just want to make more or we just need somebody full of time to just deal with this specific entity.
1: A collective of all of that. Uh-huh. <laughs> a little piece of all that. Yeah. Um Drew and I have been talking for years. Um and I like like well, not to brag about it, but Drew and I have a different sure. relationship than I feel like most people do. I actually look at Drew like a big brother. I've never had anybody like actually give me an opportunity and let me get out here and do my own thing. And like honestly I'm a bartender from Cigar City. Mm -hmm. I used to just ask to go back in the back and help out with the brews, and then I would go to other breweries around the Tampa area as well, trying to do that. I also did it up in North Carolina and South Carolina for a few years. And Drew reached out to me and asked me if I had interest in actually brewing. The answer was originally no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nah, I'm good. But uh, yeah, I saw the opportunity and I I like the way he was going with it. So, so,
0: so how did you and Drew's relationship start? Like, how did you guys meet and start start hanging?
1: We all know Drew for uh, I call him Stoneface. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, he for most people, like, I not don't mean it's a negative way at all. I think Drew's like one of those people I've met. It's just if you don't know him, it's kind of hard. It's it's we're of approaching him sometimes, and I think that he's taking a bad rap for that a lot of times but one of the dopest dudes ever. Like, I mean, just looking out for me and like some of my personal situations up here. So I had to get off social media for things like that because I went in the back for Drew. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, we were sitting in Cigar City and they were sitting there and I had no idea who he was. He It was him and his wife now. Uh, so, and as we're sitting there, I'm guest bartending. I'm a bar back at the time in Cigar City and they needed an extra hand. This was Shelton fest. And when they had Salton Fest in St. Pete, and they were sitting there, and I knew 18th Street. My good friend, my best friend, is a truck driver. So he would drive around the country and he would bring me back beer. That's why people would say, they go, oh, this doesn't like the trade. My best friend's a truck driver. That's the guy right there. You got That's a good guy to have that's around. The, yes, Yeah. perfect guy. Um, but he was giving me 18th Street things. So I was familiar with the brand. I was familiar with who Drew Fox was by the name, but not by face. So he's sitting at the bar and going back to why I call him Stoneface, <laughs> He just wouldn't smile the whole time. And I was like, oh, hey, what up, Drew? Not Drew, but like, uh, I'm like, hey, what's going on? Y'all need a tab? And he was like, uh, no, we're ready to go. And I was like, well, y'all don't have one. Just because we just, like the industry thing I brought up on, if we are friends and we're family and we've got that bond together, you come to my house and I don't, we take care of you, yep. you know, same thing. So it was just like, nah, we don't have a tab. And he wanted his tab. And I guess he misunderstood what I was saying. I think he thought I was paying for it personally. I was like, no, I'm broke bar back. I'm <laughs> paying for this. <laughs> this is all oh, no, cigars. You're in our house. But he came back and he was like, yo, I like you. You stand your ground. And from that point, whenever he came to town, well, actually, I should segue back a little bit and um or jump back a little bit. Somebody was like, Do you know who you're talking to? And I was like, no. What year was this like, 2015? 2015 2015, 2015, 2015. Like okay. I think that was October 2015. And uh, yeah, um, they was like, yeah, it's Drew Fox, and I was like, oh, it's Drew Fox. He still doesn't have a tab, but okay. <laughs> um, but we just clicked from that point. I think we just both had that stubborn mentality of we like to do things our way, and I think that passion that he gives off of, he expects perfection, comes off as uh huh, scary to some people. Uh huh. It's intimidating. It is, but yeah. I, I I like it, and I think it is. It it either you're gonna get down or lay down, like.
0: Couldn't have been nicer to me when I came up
1: here. I was like, you
0: know, just some dude trying to start a podcast a year ago, you know, and he was more welcoming than ever. Took me around the whole Hammond facility, talked about it, you know, just got into his personal story and stuff. Great dude, had lunch with me afterwards. So I can't say enough about Drew.
1: He calls me a fanboy. I came up for Dark Lord Day you know, a few <laughs> years ago with Cigar City. They flew us up, and I'm like, I got to call Drew. I left my phone at the brewery by accident that day. Oops. Like, <laughs> Best trip ever. No emails, <laughs> no text messages.
0: Probably a good thing, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. But he literally I, um, got in contact with him, and he bust his butt all the way from Chicago to drive down here and meet us. And that's why I say no matter, and it's not a lot of people, it's just certain people, like I said, just it's, everybody has it. I, I just I just don't want to hear anybody to say anything crazy about him. I hear <laughs> sometimes, like, you going to leave Drew alone now. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so you get that kind of relationship started in, you know, from Florida to, you know, he's coming to meet you guys here at Scar City. Like so when did when did he start kind of hinting at the fact like, "Hey, I got some maybe maybe uh in Indiana for you to come do."
1: I think he got tired of me coming up and visiting him. <laughs> he's like, "You know what?
0: Let's just make this dude permanent out here. we I'll open up a brewery for him or something."
1: <laughs> oh yeah. He was um we I walked down a few times here at this building. I never knew what the building was going to be exactly. And I didn't know Sour Note was going to be like a st-
0: standalone kind of brand.
1: Mm-hmm. So um, I remember he would bring down cans when he would come collab down in Tampa, and I was always like, "Hey, Drew, can we get some cans from you." And got up here, and like I said, just a couple times, he just mentioned about me moving up, and I was like, psh, "I'll never leave paradise," because <laughs> it's only one city I ever miss out of all the ones i lived in, and it's always Tampa. But um, I saw the opportunity. It's a struggle. I never lived this far from home, so I saw the chance to actually grow up and stop having everybody like I'm back home. Everybody's just like it's a Ozfest, so up here it's just like yahoo. Okay. Yeah. And I appreciate that a little bit more. So.
0: Yeah, you get to kind of like just start over a little bit, and, and, oh, yeah. and you know, this is a big responsibility. Though I mean, this isn't like you're just assisting somebody else at their facility. This is your this is your baby right now yeah
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it crazy like is, it, is it just wild to you that like this whole little back area here is all you it is
1: i have like ideas in my head a lot of times and i say this all the time jokingly but even seriously too craft beer is going to keep me single um <laughs> <laughs> i thought I, I thought i just heard you yell that to somebody the dude on the forklift oh yeah um it's it just demands so much of my time so like Even when I want to sleep, I got to think like, oh man, either I need to get up and write this down, or did I leave something on at the brewery, or did I, my bartender's okay, so on and so forth. It's it's big, because like I said, I'm just used to being, I'm not used to this type of responsibility. I am the wild child, I had to be tamed. (laughs) Um, And I think Drew said he's still working on that one, but. Still working (laughs) on (laughs) it. Oh yeah, Um, I like to party, and I've had to dial back a lot, and August makes two years of me being up here. That Two years, I've had to dial back on a lot of things. Like I said, even my social media presence. So
0: <laughs> you just wild out on social media. I
1: just, just like the just Alexander. didn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, no fucks given at all. Like, um, there's a picture that I got in trouble for. I won't mention what it was, but I, I, I'm a wild boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you say got in trouble for, we got in trouble by by it's whom? Just like people in general, or not really. Or? I got in trouble. No. I
1: just when I say I'm a wild boy, it's just, I think a lot of us Florida boys, for some reason, I don't maybe it's the heat and it's something that bring that
0: south out just yeah
1: um we get naked <laughs> <laughs> florida boys get naked oh, yeah that's so. that's got
0: to be the next beer right the clothes optional right isn't that one of them yeah clothing <laughs> optional is one so that one, one, one
1: i can't take credit for that name uh. that's um that's from the mayor of hammond uh oh, mayor yeah? mcdermott it just kind of goes with my personality it works oh yeah so but um yeah that was an april fool's joke that he made just trying to kind of incorporate hammond in a little bit more of the beers Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a town that you guys have a nice little corner of now. Oh yeah. So, uh, so I see a bottle sitting on the table. Maybe we uh, get into some of your some of your passion here.
1: Oh yeah, this is literally my favorite one.
0: So let's talk about that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just move the mic. For don't worry sound. about that. Yeah, that's that sound. That's oh 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 oh. You got a gusher. Hopefully we got a mop.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, baby must have shaken that bottle. Yeah. Look at that.
0: That happens that happens more often than I like to admit. Get that. Let me jump in your epitast really quick. Yeah, yeah. Go, that's cool. I'll just keep an eye on this bottle because it's about to go for some more. <laughs> so what do we got here? This is the farmhouse from 124. Woo. Come oh, on, we're getting we're getting some live in show cleanup while pouring. So Oz is running to the back, grab some grab some uh, towels clean this up. We had a little bit of a... As the uh, sours often do, or the saisons and little uh, bottle party here. Look at, she still wants to flow.
1: This may have been one of the ones that they added in last night. Uh. <laughs> so, this is the super bottle condition here. Okay. So explain, why, why does that happen? Why do you get those The yeast is active in there, mm -hmm. and um, still partying. Oh yeah, so um, I guess I tell a lot of the people around. Maybe I can tap it in this glass. Mm tub. this flow will stop.
0: You got that giant glass right there. Oh yeah.
1: So what we do for bottle conditioning is it keeps the yeast really active inside the actual bottles. It's continuing um, to work. So that's how we get our carbonation in there as well. So you haven't had any time to actually bleeding that carbonation off. And depending on how much sugar you pack off in these actual um, bottle-conditioned beers determines the carbonation. So typically, if you got a gusher like that, either you're shaking it or somehow some way that yeast is uh, not sleepy enough yet.
0: Now, does the temperature play a fact in that, too?
1: Oh, yeah. Because like it, it, it sat out on the
0: counter for a little while. It was starting to sweat, so it starts to come up to temp a little bit. Definitely. I see. So, I mean, you know, this is a good time to, to talk a little bit about education on, on, these, on these styles because, you know, the sour note people your average beer person is like okay the sour note that's sour beer you know you're just making sours so I mean there's different levels though right I mean there's everything from wilds to mixed culture you know you got a kettle sour you got barrel of stuff I mean like you're talking about bottle conditioning so how do you break down and go through some of that stuff to kind of help people understand
1: a sour note should just be seen as personally just a name it's a music reference um That's why you see a lot of the music notes on the older uh, cans and things. Right, right. So we do focus on sours and wild ales and saisons. But I think people get the term wild always mixed up with the actual term sour. Um, Even what we do with our goals is um, they're not so much even, personally, when I describe them, I call them as tart wheat ales. Same thing with Berliners and all. Okay, tart wheat ales. Tart wheat. It's kind of like I tell people, um, it's like when you watch an athlete, and one's quick and one's fast. If you're not really paying attention, they look similar, but then you realize there is a difference. Um, more of our Gozas, our Berliners, are focusing on the tart things, whereas, too, we have um, a bottle in our cooler now, which we'll probably get to that as well if we, if we have time. Um, everything bagel. I got time. <laughs> Sours are more of those ones that make you salivate but a lot more and they linger. They have is that more that the
0: acidity? A, what is that? What, 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 is, what plays into that?
1: It's, it's acidity. It's, um, the of course, say pH, but pH plays into the acidity. Acidity, <laughs> <laughs> so and then sometimes, like I say, it's just just those yeast coaches, just, just the way some of them bounce off, just uh, even just the, the the Brett and the Myers that have plays in there the funk, it causes you, it causes your palate to operate differently. It's, I think for me, even just smelling Brett alone causes me to salivate. So that might be uh-huh <laughs> yeah, yeah. something else. <laughs> My, my own little personal just, fetish just, Yeah just excitement <laughs>
0: Just pure excitement Yeah that's, that's why you're single See the beer is keeping you single Oh you know? yeah it's Too busy to fantasize about Brett Brettomyces, like that's a that's you know you hear about Saccharomyces, Brettomyces, like that's something that I think some people do understand because they hear it enough. But well, and like Lactobacillus, like these are all terms I think beer nerds kind of hear them, but they don't fully grasp what the difference is, what's in what, you know, right. like why use one over the other, what notes are you getting versus you know one one versus the other. So is that something that like you, you guys just like to play with that stuff? Is there something that you prefer?
1: For me, um, I got. Uh, a blessing to brew with some people I really look up to um, here last year well last year uh, Sati out of uh, Sweden and I've been like super fascinated with like boiling or like no boil beers just straight raw beers so um, been nagging Drew about doing beer the traditional way because you go
0: deeper on what raw beer is oh yeah
1: um, so it's um, back in the day I say back in the day like I was can remember any of this <laughs> but um, berliners, originally, what you just do is you apply them in the mash, and the heat that you use to extract those sugars, that's the only heat that you're going to apply. So instead of going into your kettle and hitting 212 degrees to typically boil off the bacterias you're trying to get rid of, you go straight into your fermenter, and then you pitch your lactobacillus, and you allow that to actually ferment, um, the, to sour ferment out that way. So lactobacillus, for those, just can go into that. When that sours out, that's more of like your... Um, for people who are foodies like your kimchi and things like that you get those sour notes um ah, sour notes hey there um, it is <laughs> <laughs> and then same thing like with yogurt and everything it's just the active culture that sours out the actual um your your work so when we're going into that um kettle what we do is once we hit that ph we're looking for we just cold crash it the way we need it to be find a way to actually make sure the temperature is consistent throughout the tank and then pitch our yeast so what that allows that to do with those no boil beers and all raw beers um people probably didn't really get the joke we did a beer called shimmy raw shimmy yeah uh, <laughs> it was a no-boil berliner okay so we wanted to call well. it the raw berliner but like, nobody won't get it be so, like, yeah yeah mm, so, what's that mean it's raw no
0: yeah you just throw odb at them and it helps <laughs> kind of like spoon spoon feed it
1: oh yeah so uh we went that route, but what it does is it leaves like a little bit more of those yogurty qualities in there, those weedy qualities. It mm-hmm. lingers a little bit more in your palate than the actual no um, than a boiled bruner does. Those just finish off, and I hate saying it this way, um, but it's probably the best way to describe it. They finish off a little bit cleaner than no boil beers do.
0: Okay, so cleaner. Wait, how do you describe the cleaner versus what? It's not like clean versus dirty versus clean versus
1: just, just it, it's it's raw. It allows you to get to your next drink. Okay. Whereas, to like, um, I think I may still have it on. I do Touch of Lush. I'll get you a taste of that one. It's uh, Touch of Lush? It's me taking a jab at uh, people who like higher ABV beers. Um, cause I was doing 3% Berliners and they weren't really moving. So well, I got, well, that's actually the collaboration there uh, Touch of Lush. And that's, I really, really like that beer. So we did the No Boil Berliner. We did it in red wine barrels okay. and we used Sati as a Breton Amaya strand and oh, then nice. we used our house yeast strand in there and we sat there and we fermented out on uh, apricots and pink guava.
0: Okay, so a, a, a Touch of Lush, is that was a collab beer? or
1: was oh, a collab beer between a, 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 a sour note and a fire. Oh, that's the sati
0: fire one mm-hmm. you were talking about. Oh, okay, you were saying you got blessed to, to do a little something with them. So is that a higher ABV, you said? It's a,
1: about 7, 7.5% seven
0: alcohol. crazy. I see that now more more now with the XL Berliners, you know, you're getting some right. of these 8%. Like, it's the whole point of the style, I thought, for most people was low ABV. And then now, now there's like 7% or 8%ers out there.
1: Yeah, people, um, one guy was like, oh, man, you did this beer. It's not like John Wakefield's. And I was like, I didn't put that much fruit in there. It was meant to just be a Berliner. Yeah, now people (laughs) are like, what? No, they're like, why isn't there, uh,
0: fruit pulp in all of my, all of my beers?
1: Even with our heavier beers right now, like the, um, I say heavier beers as far as, like, our heavier fruiter beers, um, we've done these, um, heavy-fruited Berliners recently. Um... Berliner Styles, I should say. Berliner Style, yeah. Right. Um, they're about 7%. So we did Cheddar King first, and we packed that out with like a 462 pounds of uh, fruit in oh, a seven barrel. But it just, it doesn't, it's not fruit juice. It's beer. <laughs> but it's still, you get the fruit qualities off of it. So like. Yeah,
0: I, so do yours come out like thick, like a lot of those ones you're seeing nowadays? With the. They come thick. out with that kind of like. So it's all post fermentation uh, fruit added, or are you doing all this uh, fruit, like, the you know, letting, letting the yeast uh, get after that fruit? Th-
1: I won't go into super detail. About yeah, no, that, okay, yeah. <laughs> keep, it, keep it low. Keep it low <laughs> key. It's all right. No, um, there's um, a little fermentation going on. This is outstanding, by the way, this farmhouse. This is. I love this beer here. And. Um, Again,
0: something you can actually drink and, like, enjoy a few of or, you know, get through a full 750. Whereas a lot of these beers that we love so much. It's like, one's good.
1: Ten ounces, maybe. Oh, yeah. Felt that way. uh, I've never been stouted out before in my life. (laughs) It's hard to get stouted out, but,
0: yeah, now it happens often. Oh, yeah. What's your go to stout? Like, what's, what's the stout that got you to be, be the stout guy?
1: The stout that got me to be the yeah. stout well, guy? Oh, what's the one that hooked you?
0: What's one that hooked you and then what's the go to?
1: Sexual chocolate. Oh,
0: I have a barely sexual chocolate from this year just waiting to be open. I've never had it this year, so looking forward to popping that thing.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I actually learned beer in the Carolinas because uh, I went to high school in that area in Greenville. And the only thing to do up there is get arrested or get arrested <laughs> or drink, or drink <laughs> no, no. sexual chocolate oh drink like, yeah so um i didn't even really get into beer i thought beer was what my uncles drank like the Budweiser's and things yeah. which i sky, it just it was spice um all my friends in high school used to homebrew i thought they would like cooking you drugs. had
0: friends in high school that homebrewed oh I yeah i did not live that lifestyle
1: we lived, like in so greenville south carolina now people was like oh my god such a budding city so I moved to Greenville, South Carolina in January, February, February whatever Super Bowl Sunday was of uh, 99. Okay. And I I was mad with my mother, but I didn't know there was anything to do. And all my friends would go do these like these parties out in the, these barns. And one of my good friends to this day, Craig Williams, dad, used to let us come over. We could drink, we could smoke, and I was the friend that didn't do anything. So I was DD. And I used to sit there and watch him like, Homebrew, and I'm like these guys. What are y'all doing? Like we're making beer, and I'm like, nah, this is nuts. So I had friends for years telling me to get into beer, and I really just wouldn't listen. So I went to college in Florida. You like
0: the straight edge guy? You were just like, oh, I, I,
1: thought I was gonna good. be a college athlete. Okay. Yeah. I was Mr. 4'3 Something in the '40s in high school. Oh, you yeah. had a little
0: speed on you, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> How about now? You
1: still, you still got some moves. Uh, I tell everybody yes, cause uh, um, there's a couple of videos of me racing Drew out there. Yeah, That doesn't count. <laughs> he challenged you, huh? He challenged you. Oh yeah, we raced. Actually, we wake up. We raced uh, one year at Wakefest. Oh, jeez. Twice at Wakefest, we had a. Uh, it was me, Drew, and Doug from Burial. Oh, my God.
0: How did so it turn out?
1: I won all three races. Figure, you
0: look like you might be the spry <laughs> of, the, of the bunch.
1: I, I look like it, but I'm still I'm in my 30s. I, I move faster in my head than I actually move in real life. <laughs> so. It's weird
0: when that happens. All of a sudden, you're like starting
1: to slow down a little bit. Oh, yeah. And your
0: head is still good. It's still, you're still tight, but then, then it's like, nope, physically, you're not moving as fast as you were. <laughs> oh, That's hilarious. I'd love to see that race.
1: Oh, that's a video I'll show you at the
0: end. So then, so so you get—I'm still blown away that you had guys in high school that were homebrewing.
1: Yeah, like I mean, like just growing up in the rural parts of the South, like it's certain things that I didn't grow up rural the whole time. I grew—I went and I grew up in—I like to say I was born and raised in Florida. My teenage years, when I got to really accept who I was, was in South Carolina. It's like not. It's like oh, I don't really care if you hate me because my shirt's tucked in. It's okay. <laughs> it's what I do. Yeah. I was a kid running around with the ties and button-ups on. And <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, they used to do all the crazy stuff. So it, it, that was an eye-opener. And um, if I were stayed in Tampa, I don't think I ever would have gotten to craft beer the way I did. That's weird. It's a weird thought to
0: think that South Carolina versus Tampa, you know.
1: We used to go to Asheville on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. It was a 45-minute drive, and this was before, like, the... I've been doing craft beer now. February made eleven years. So we were going up there like even pre Wicked Weed. Yeah, think about that city now. Talk about something that popped. <sighs> like, woo! It's so yeah. crazy.
0: Asheville's insane. My mom was like,
1: "You go to Asheville all the time now." I remember when we used to hate going to Asheville. <laughs> like I didn't want to go to church. See that beer scene. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I think even when I was here in February or March last year for 18th Street, I think Drew had just come back from burial. He had a bunch of burial stuff sitting sitting in the office upstairs at Hammond. Uh, and it was just what a scene that, that that turned into.
1: That whole area is budding now because you even have what you got to pay homage to Greenville. They have um, Birds Fly South down there popping up now. You got 8th um, State, all those breweries that are just. People are going nuts over and honestly like i said as far as even somebody i respect as far as making great saisons like basic saisons and this is not this when i say this it's like i think going back to what we talked about with sour and funk i think a lot of people now go to what side project is and expect that to be what a saison should be okay because they're typically sour whereas to i'm used to thinking things like saison duponts and your your um Let's go to something more local not local but more US based even uh, Saint somewhere. You're, um
0: somewhere you um what about like a hill farmstead like hill yes. farmstead like that's the one i think a lot of people get their kind of thought process from too um i mean, obviously side project's been banging lately so they, yeah. you know everybody's kind of getting that cuz they're in there to pick up their bbts and everything <laughs> and like, oh, i guess i'll grab one of these you know whatever these are fruity saisons or whatever it is but but uh would you say that the hill farmstead profile is more of like the classic
1: uh, oh yeah yeah me and my best friend debate that all the time now he's like i think they're overrated and i'm like oh no you're tripping like i don't know pretty good he's he's that pastry head right now okay like he went nuts when he found out i got the angry chair says like, oh my god we gotta come I'm like no like just, just, we'll get to it but <laughs> he's i've seen him develop but he's He'll kill me for saying this, but I'm saying it. He's remedial when it comes to this beer stuff. Sometimes he's getting there though. Eh, he he'll tell you himself. He doesn't care <laughs> if it's if it's not super high in alcohol. It's not barrel aged. He doesn't. He he's not interested in the classic styles of things.
0: No pastry, no care. that's, yeah. that's his
1: lifestyle right now. It's all like pastry. Looking for those adjunct and
0: trails and uh, yeah.
1: West Coast side. Well, he's like, one thing. It's one trend he doesn't follow. I say he's like super super like West Coast IPA. That he's like. He will, he's not a big haste really fan. Yeah. he's all
0: about that like pliny and, and you know like oh yeah I almost said heady topper but heady <laughs> <Hetty> toppers <laughs> complete east coast uh, i like that uh, that that style the east coast cool. what it's become in chicago and what it's turned into in the our beer scene just you know you think of the start of a new england or like a northeastern ipa you think of like heady topper or something oh, yeah. And that is supposedly the same thing as what we're doing now, which is completely different beers, you know. Uh, Agree. It's wild when you have a heady topper like a focal banger now, and you're like, this is nothing like what's what's the actual trend right now, you know.
1: I was like, that's the start of it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no. I was like, that's still a different beer to me because even completely different. I remember when they used to do like the little stickers on the front of the cans for like the crusher and focal banger, Uh huh? And yeah, a
0: floaties in there, drink it out of the can. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's it's completely different now. So I feel like I veered us off the track from from we were talking a little bit about like the technical side of of the souring process or like the, you know, the whole kind of like like cool ships are another thing that people talk right. about. You guys have a small one here or we're
1: working on a cool ship program now. Um, I got caught up this year and kind of missed out on a couple of the opportunities. I kick myself in the butt for it right now. So um, this year I'm going to kind of like clear my schedule out a lot more around that time and do a lot more barrel work um, but i think this is a good area for cool ships just because you have a lot more of those cooler days um things we only dream about in florida what some people yeah, are trying yeah. to do but getting up here and being able to have the opportunity to be able to take on one of the classic styles because one of my f- favorite breweries of all time and i stumbled across this because of a lady was um, a hmm so being able to like try to like I don't want to say reproduce what they're doing, but learn those styles and produce something like that. Yeah. It's it's exciting.
0: Now, I'm I'm putting together from, uh, like, bits and pieces of the story from
1: past life and
0: current life for you. Like, what where did the education start? Because it sounded like you're kind of like, you know, I knew some guys at homebrew, didn't really get into it, and then down the road even, you're... You know, you're saying Drew was like, you want a brew? You're like, nah, not, not really. Not really that <laughs> interested. You seem to know plenty about it. So how would you start educating yourself on it?
1: Um, I remember the guy's name. I used to work in, uh, in Greenville, South Carolina on Main Street, and I was working at a restaurant, and a guy named Mr. Mines came in. It was two guys, actually. A guy named Greg told me craft beer was the future, and I didn't believe him. I actually at this time uh, was living out of my Jeep, and didn't know what I was going to do. I so I was going to be a server forever. And then bartending, the bartending thing, I really didn't mind. Because I was like, oh, man, I make good money. Make but, money.
0: <laughs> talk to some
1: ladies, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I was like, I'm going to be a server forever. And I have just heard that I need to learn craft beer before it popped. So I kind of listened. And then a guy named Mr. Mines would come, and he would write a list of beers that I can find at um, the little local store we had. So I would go in, and I would literally – go get those beers he told me to get, and I would write down descriptions that he told me to. He's like, whatever you taste, I'm not telling you what to taste. Just yeah. go home and write down what you taste and finish the beer. He said, I'm not telling you to finish the beer so that you get drunk. I'm telling you to finish the beer so that you can understand what the beer is. I, how,
0: how it morphs through time and temperature mm-hmm. and, and, and being open to air, everything. like Take it
1: all in. That was a complete mindfuck for me at that uh-huh. point. Like, it's because Rogue Dead Guy was the beer that turned me out.
0: And you, you kind of did something, too, subtly that I don't even know if you, you notice you do. But I watched you pick up your farmhouse and, and <laughs> pull it to one side of your nose and take ah. a sniff out of it. Yeah, That's something that I've had one person tell me in the you know the year and a half I've been doing this. I had one brewer tell me, like, sniff with both nostrils separately. They pick up different smells. And I watched you just do that naturally. And you're the first time I've ever seen it in the wild just happen, you know. So this is like, you know, that, that you talking about this guy telling you to take it in, you know, all the way, finish the beer, tell you, you know, I'm not going to lead you. You just tell me what you taste. Like, that all plays into that education and learning. And you said, you just mindfucked you. You just fucked me. And I was like,
1: whoa. <laughs> I had a good friend who's a Somali and I'll jump back to that story. But uh, he told me, like, like, smell how dogs smell. And it sounds crazy. But you notice how dogs take, like, those little short sniffs, and then they take a real long, deep one? He said he does that, does that with wine. And that way he picks up a lot more flavors that you typically don't miss. Okay. So I try to do all those things, different smells, and it, I'm surprised you notice it. I don't even really notice I do it anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw you go off angle. You know, you, usually your beer nerd is going to go right dead center and get their nose in there, give it a little sniff, and then move on to tasting it. I saw you tilt it off to one side, and I was like, oh, he's actually doing it. I think oh, yeah. uh, Nate over at uh, Ailman, Ailman Brewing in Chicago told me that.
1: I got to get over there. I, haven't, I need good to explore man. more. Good man. But yeah, those lists used to come out and then uh like I said, the rogue dead guys were what made it click for me and from that point I would literally just get on the road to um Asheville on a regular basis and then uh I would go down when Westbrook finally opened up, I would go down that way, uh I would go down to just any brewery I can get my hands on and any extra money at that point I would use just to get around I was like dead ass broke and probably needed to spend money on rent, but I was like, I'm going to go to this beer festival. They're going to know who Oswald is. The, the Jeep's fine. The Jeep's fine. Yeah.
0: When you say you are living out of your Jeep, you were living out of your Jeep. Like you're I was
1: dead ass homeless for like two years. Two years? Two years. How yeah. How the fuck did you do that? A uh, Long complicated story on that one. It was just like, I had literally just paid rent where I was living and me and the person butt heads and put me out right after I gave the money, all the money I had and instead of, yeah, I just, I worked at that, that bar that was a craft beer bar. So, and that industry, that's one of the reasons I stick to this industry. Like, anytime I've fucked up or I've ended up being in a fucked up position, they've always had, it's always been somebody in this industry to reach out and be like, ah, what do you need? So, yeah, I don't want to do anything else in my life with but beer. I mean, if I do anything else, I want my own tavern. That's a beer tavern. Or like, just like
0: an old school, like, beer ta- tavern, like yeah. like pops would go into and just... Have a beer after work. doing
1: the beer I like um, Good tunes Go like Parliament Funkadelic things Like the bars like Greenville, South Carolina Honestly is like Greenville, Asheville Are all like the type of bars I like to drink at Because there's nothing too rowdy and There are places like that there But as far yeah, as It's
0: chill mm-hmm. Kind of old school dark Dark just, mm-hmm, just chill Have a beer Relax You mm-hmm. don't need All the Lights and the Boom 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 Good music, just good music. Good music. Right, just good music as the train rolls on by.
1: Oh, yeah. I wonder how that plays a factor in our actual um, fermentation sometimes.
0: Yeah, you can see what kind of goodies you gather. I always think about that at Dovetail. They got that cool shit from like, They're just catching shit off the L, like oh, no, <laughs> stuff even floating in the windows.
1: They say that sound plays a factor in fermentation. Oh, really?
0: They have, like the vibration? Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm not sure if, I, if it's true or not, but they had, I forgot what brewery it was, where they play like Wu-Tang next to one of the barrels, no and they shit. play like some like classical music next to the other one just to see how it actually played out. And they say the beers came out different, but that could just be barrels. a bunch of different shit. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of different shit. There.
0: That's cool. That's a cool thing to think about, though. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that line of, line of thought. Oh, yeah. It's supposed to be fun, right? This yeah. whole thing's supposed to be fun. That's the best thing be. about it. Uh-huh. It's not supposed so. to be so
1: serious. Nah, this is one of the industries where I think like what we can cut up. And I think um, here in the past three to four years, it's gotten a little bit more serious. It's kind of scary. <laughs> I know it's so serious now. Yes, people, mm-hmm. are, people are dead ass serious now. <laughs>
0: like, people will fight you over it like the dumbest shit. Yeah, yeah. It goes back to those beer lines and stuff. They're, 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 you said it, at the beginning, like, I'm crazy what people will do for beer.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I remember, what was it, um, when Jester King was still, like, one of the harder things to get on the East Coast, I had a guy literally throw a temper tantrum at the bar because I wouldn't sell him my funk metal batch too. I (laughs) thought it was a good beer. That's like a sour stout, right? I love it. I want to do stuff like that. I just... That label. Love that label. Yeah. Boosty Collins look. I kind of want to get that whole uh, sour stout thing going here, but it's just a thing. I think we would have to educate this area on a lot, so much Chicago, but I'm learning this area, the region. Mm -hmm. If we uh, educate them more in this area, I think we can... um, do well with the craft that we got going on. Um, I went to Seattle for two or three weeks before I moved out here to go hang out with a good friend of mine at Fremont. And I look at craft beer where a lot of people fly out and just get beer, get a plane ticket, and they factor that into how much they're going to recharge for these beers and so on and so forth. But out there, their culture is a little different from what I've noticed. Even Chicago has a different culture from what I grew up on. Uh, Everybody I say it's a lot of Chicago ones, and they I think they take it the wrong way when I say this. It's I remember Cigar City, and I got there when it was one of the like top breweries. Don't barrel, who wanna pull this? Barrel this, mm-hmm. and people would always come to the tasting room with all these beers that we never had to leave our tasting room to go get. That people were like, "Oh yeah, I work here. We know you got it." So that's how a lot of those things went down. Um, but then getting up here, I noticed a lot of things are a lot bit a lot more neighborhoody, and then going to Seattle and going out there. Uh, they have a lot a lot more neighborhood breweries where these people are trying to keep them a secret, and these people are flourishing off of this so um places like urban family that don't like get any hype outside that area or the New York area, and their cool shit program is phenomenal um was it um cloudburst uh yeah, made-
0: Cloudburst I've had a few things from them they make some good shit oh yeah,
1: <laughs> the two big names you always hear about out there are like Fremont and Holy Mountain Holy Mountain that's the one I hear about all the time Holy, Holy Mountain. Mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of that one. Those uh, them, those stouts. It's good, right? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I see a lot of those out in the out in the aftermarket and you know the secondaries and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. People trading for them. You see like the beer mail shots on social media. Oh yeah. So you bounced out of social media. You said nope, nope. I do. I'm, I'm on IG. Do you uh, do you deal with these uh, sour note social media or do you guys have somebody that takes care of that?
1: Um, if you catch a story going on on uh IG, it's probably me out in a while, and trying to keep myself tamed, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I do, uh from out of town, I try to keep a small part of social media, I do. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: So. What's your IG? You want people following you or you're keeping it low-key?
1: Uh, people laugh at it, and <laughs> <laughs> I don't really mind. It's a Craft Beer Little Black Guy.
0: Craft Beer Little Black Guy.
1: Yes. It's a name that came, I got it from Cigar City, sitting behind the bar, and like, saying the privileges of being able to be a bartender like, being able like you don't like now it's more demanding i have to go to this festival or i'm having to be here for this i'm having to manage a lot more Mm -hmm. a lot more responsibility Whereas a bartender is like all i have to do is learn the beer going on draft next which isn't that hard i'm gonna be gone for a week or two weeks and come back so
0: nothing nothing hard about that so how did that that net you
1: that name um yeah so going to these festivals all the time people will come back (laughs) to the uh bar and they'll be like hey yo you're the little black guy. I'm like, I'm Oswald. Just a, just a guy. Mm-hmm. My my IG name originally was Top of the Bind. So, cause trying to keep the crappier thing still tied uh-huh. in. And it just kept being like, you're the little black guy. Oh, you're the black guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm Oswald. After a while, I was just like, you know what?
0: They're like, we don't see a lot of you out here. we
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could give you a matching nickname. Yeah, it was... Just, it, it was I just went ahead and ran with it. I wasn't offended. It was like, you know what? I'm not that little, but yeah i'm
0: not that little you should see how fast
1: he
2: is
0: (laughs) (laughs) so does that i mean does that play anything what does that do for you i mean was it hard for you to find people that look like you in the scene you know like i don't want to make it about you being black or white or anything you know but like was it weird for you to be like you tend to be the only one in the room usually or is it
1: i I grew up in parts of like i'm i'm a dirty little project kid but my mom always (laughs) like that's
0: a good IG name too. Oh yeah,
1: but I don't think that one was a little bit more as, as uh, received received no, as well. Probably not. <laughs> but um, there are little kids from like I grew up rough, and my mom never let me hang out, so I had to go to summer school to go to camp. So I'm my mom, I was I was around white kids and other ethnicities. It was just I was cultured. So me going back home and stuff like that, I was called, "Oh, you're the, you're the black guy that wants to be white." Like, no, I just nope. <laughs> But, um, no, I never really, and this is going to sound crazy, I probably get kicked in the butt from some people for this. I never really look for black people. Not saying that I don't want us to be in it, but it wasn't like, I'm lonely. Yeah. And I see other black guys. Like, um, I think sometimes it's like, I'll keep kicking the butt for this. I think that everybody thinks it's because we're black. We're, like, supposed to be, like, oh, we're homeboys. Like, I don't know you. Like. <laughs> you got to um, earn
0: it just like everybody else. Yeah.
1: Um, like my good friend. <laughs> got um, share a beer
0: with me, see if we like each other. Then we'll. Then we'll get that going.
1: I think that's just its a vibe. Um, me and my guy, Ducci. Me, um, sorry, I say Ducci. Um, he goes by Beer Culture. Um, you probably heard the, the handle. I believe so. Uh, I met Deutch, um years ago. We didn't share a beer. He walked into Cigar City, and we had a legit, genuine conversation. It wasn't like, oh, you're the only other black guy in here. Because I think if I'm not wrong, I'm one of the first black dudes to work in the tasting room at Cigar City. Yeah. Um. But, um, yeah, we just clicked. It wasn't like it was all trial It wasn't pushing a narrative at that point. It was just, it was just a genuine vibe, and we just, just vibe.
0: Yeah, I don't think people realize like how diverse the scene is. Cause I mean, yeah, it's probably dominated by you know your middle-aged white guys that are you know with with beer guts. But yeah. but I mean, there's there's so many people like under the tent now. It's crazy. Like it, yeah. People that you like, you wouldn't think, right? Right, walk right up to you, and be like, "Oh God, that guy is fucking deeper into craft beer than I'll ever be." Like from any type
1: of culture, you see that at like fucking Dark Lord. I mean, oh yeah, all the different people walking around. This is literally like my first podcast. I've had podcasts offered to me, and people are like, "Can I interview you for being a black guy in <laughs> Beer? It's like, no.
0: Yeah, that's weird. Like, that's that's a weird thing. I didn't even want to bring it up, but like since you threw the IG handle out there, I was <laughs> like, that, that's kind of a, a, a funny way to bring it up. Because like even when I talk to Drew, it's like that's an obvious storyline that people might want to talk about, but it's like we didn't need to because his story stands on its own incredibly, just no matter
1: what. Like, can my work speak? You're right. That's and then, it. Like. It can my work speak? That's all it is, man. So yeah, everybody tell you that ever gets to meet me. For the most part, I'm smiley. I want to have a good time. I want to drink beer, and then just
0: take your clothes off. I mean, yeah, that's just it. just that's make sure you don't
1: have your Snapchat up. Just, you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> Snapchat
0: might be alright. It goes away. It goes away. The other <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. Somebody's saving that shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the again back. So once you once you kind of start educating yourself in the in the in the world i mean are you reading books or are you just talking to people like you were talking about this what was the guy's name that you said gave you the beard mr and Mines. mr Mines. Mm-hmm. is that just his name it's just a badass it's like,
1: m-i-n-e-s like uh like like yeah yeah mr. Bad-ass mines. Names. yeah, yeah like. i never really thought how badass the name was uh-huh. like tonight. he doesn't
0: even have a first name he's like just mr Mines.
1: i never forgot to know his first name
0: he's like in reservoir dogs or something he's
1: like <laughs> we had a click it was just he happened to be from tampa too and he was sitting at the table in South Carolina, and I don't even know, he was going to a dogfish, um, tap take for a for dogfish pairing in Tampa, and he was just sitting there bragging about it, and I'm like, I'm from Tampa, and that's how it clicked, and just, he and his wife, and then he literally would just give me more money, so the money he would give me, I would literally go buy beer books, and like I said, just travel, and just, I wanted to travel, even if I didn't like the beer, I wanted to understand why I didn't like the beer, um, just asking people, like reading, um, asking people to hang out, Um, I've really just been blessed to sit around some giants, Um, the sitting around the Justin Clarks and Joey's and sitting around the Drews and Riches and sitting around Mike from Zebulon sometimes and chatting with these people and like just the information they're willing to bestow upon me. Even I called my buddy over at Fremont, Megan, and I was like, hey, I'm, she asked me, what well, well, we had a discussion about me coming out to hang out for a while. And I asked her, was there any type of way I can get any education from them while I was out there? And she hooked it up. So, like, I've just. It's a crazy industry like that where people are
0: just willing to give it away. Like, mm-hmm. hey, let's come in. Come on and do it. I hear stories all the time of people. I mean, even Drew's story, you know, I just hung around Pipeworks until they, until they <laughs> gave me a job, you know, basically brewing out of a carport you know whatever it was they were just making it work but yeah it was I'm always curious like especially with the way you were kind of describing things from the early days to even more recently that you weren't really that like gung-ho about wanting to brew the beer yourself but how do you obtain that education and how do you you know like you said you bought a bunch of books and stuff like how are you, are you getting technique from people are you just shadowing are
1: you I verbally um so I, I'm how can I put this
0: any way you want
1: <laughs> um my techniques and everything i mean i do uh i still read a lot um I, I haven't watched tv i mean every now and then you'll catch me in here if i'm like i'm in a boil and I, I got 20 minutes to sit still i could on netflix for a second on my phone but i literally don't own tv in my house um oh shit. yeah um and i'm a gamer that, that's, yeah i just i know that distract me from doing this so, I so just, you just gaming on the computer? I don't game at all anymore. Oh, you don't game at all. Oh, okay. You were a gamer, though. Oh, I, yeah, you were hard. I should say, it's okay. st- st- still inside of me. It's you know? still in there. Once a crackhead, I always crackhead. Yeah, I was going to say, no. somebody <laughs> drops, a, <laughs> drops a, a
0: gaming console in front of you, it's over. Just, oh, yes. Just, I see the next scratch is starting.
1: Okay. Uh, whenever I'm in Indy, I'm at Tappers at Arcade. But, um, yeah, just the education part of it, I do call people. Um, I still have those good friends like um, Hidden Springs, Josh Garman. I call him and, like, he's never hesitated to give me any information. I bring up Mike from Zebulon too. If I hit him up, as far as with his wild things, he'll hit, like, for those who don't know who Mike is, I was like, big him up because he was the one who did the Green Man, the Maceo, and the Bootsy and those beers. Those are his projects and then he left off to go do Zebulon. So, I hit them up and they give me information and then too, I mean like, I'm going to toot my for a second. Some things are trial and error. You and then if, you, if you're an observant person, you're going to be like, oh, shit. I fucked up here. Don't do that again. And, like, I've discovered where I was originally souring in 48 hours, where I can sour now in a day and a half. So it's just a matter of just figuring out how your yeast works and how things work. And then, like, we used to buy two or three pitchers of lactobacillus a year. And... Me realizing that oh, chatting with some of our brewers, and like oh yo, you know if you just keep propping up on top of that, you know you can basically find a way to keep your own.
0: Propping your own shit. Oh yeah. Okay. That's always something that's fast Even the yeast stuff is always fascinating to me. Just to oh yeah. Because you know, I don't know shit, but I'm, <laughs> la- I'm la- I love to learn it and then half fast regurgitated back in in later conversations. You know.
1: And see that's how I was. Um, it's just like I, I I never really wanted to do any of this, but a lot of things that like I could literally literally tell you how to brew if you put me in a brew house 2 years ago, 3 around 3 or 4 years ago. I wouldn't have been able to do it.
0: Execution I, may have been a little bit more oh, sketchy.
1: Uh, the beer would have been way fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't have been what you wanted at all. The term off
0: flavors. Oh
1: yeah. That one. Uh that was that's what ruined beer for me, but not ruined it, but a lot of beers I used to love, I now look at like, eh.
0: You're like too good now. Now your palate's too good. Did you always find like you got a good Taster, like oh, yeah. you know, once you like from start from this guy telling you to take these ten beers, taste them, write them down. Like, was he like, Jesus, you're really fucking good at this?
1: I started in the kitchen in the industry, so that's how I like. I got pulled out now. I won't say this restaurant's name, but they pulled me out of the <laughs> oh, kitchen. <no. laughs> they pulled me out of the kitchen, and um, I used to have dreads, and they wouldn't let me work on the floor for the longest. Okay. So because of my dreads, they were like, no, nah, we're not working on the floor. I started going bald <laughs> it's
0: been a blessing oh uh,
1: yeah um started going bald my mom cut my dreads off because i couldn't do it but um i guess for some reason without my dreads that somebody was like oh you have a personality <laughs>
0: you're not just your hair anymore
1: exactly now, you know look at this eyes guy is actually pretty interesting and uh yeah so this was uh round this around the time too like all these like these job cuts and everything when like the economy went bad um well the recession we had for me, it was a depression, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it, Jesus. Was, it was, it, was it, it made me who I am. I appreciate every second of all that come up right there, but um, they put me on the floor and they knew I got a taste. And like I said, those guys, the guy, Greg, was the guy that originally introduced me in the beers, like you should do this because I think you'll get it. But Mr. Mines just saw, I don't know what he saw, but yeah.
0: He, yeah, he saw something. The dude had some sort of perspective that nobody else had and, and looked at you and said, this, eh, We need to do something about this. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool, though. You started it, the way you start like that. So, so, as it's escalating, you're educating yourself, you're kind of ramped. Like, what point did you, were you like, Okay, I can brew some beer? Like, mm-hmm. what, what point did it hit uh, you that
1: you were like, All right? Talking to Drew. Yeah. yeah like I said, I just, I would like to help people. It's just cool to get in and, like, look, our system is automated here. And that's the one thing I love about it is I get to mash in and it's like I get I get to fill the beer. So
0: no buttons here. You just you just fucking work. You're no just mm-hmm. working.
1: Um I never want to automate system over here either. If it's up to me, I don't want an automated system. But just as far as what made me get in what made me want to take it a little bit more serious, just chatting with Drew. And um I remember I got here, it was June 3rd, 2017, when I basically made the commitment. Um yeah. Um, and I went, I got off the plane. I cried like a bitch. I was, I was highly intoxicated. Yeah, just, just oh, yeah. hammered
0: up on the plane or what? I was
1: drinking, smoke or drink, both. Oh, drink, all <laughs> drink, all drink. I'll drink at that point in time. Um, so I'm hanging out um with Drew before I leave. We're at a uh, half acre, and he's like, "Are you sure there's something you really want to do?" And at the time, I'm like, "Yes." I felt like I really like this. Something I really, really want to do. But I got on the plane, and that alcohol started hitting me, and I was like. Let me get a, uh, uh, I forget whatever whiskey I had. And I started drinking that on the plane. And I got off the plane, got picked up, and I went to Mermaid Tavern back home. And Ryan Dowdle from Angry Chair was sitting there. He was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like fucking bawling. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I just did to myself. <laughs> so he pulled me outside, and he chatted with me for a long time. He's like, man, like, look. Because I was, like, trying to get the, I wanted to be their beer rep for Angry Chair because, like, because I love that brand. I love that. that I consider them family because, like, I consider that whole Tampa. Well, not all, not say all of Tampa, but, but a, a, a lot, lot of Tampa family. Of yeah. Um, I wanted to go work for him, man. He was just like, man, look, I would like love to work for you. He's like, and you know, if you ever had an issue, you could always come back home and you accept it back home. He said, but I think for your career and what you need to do is, since you've done everything else in craft beer, you've never brewed, go brew. He's like, you're going to work for Drew. You know, you're going to work for family. You're working for good people just get out there and go do it, and like, I'm like that ass. This is the scariest shit I've ever done in my life. Like, I done some scary ass shit. Like, I've been some scary ass shit. Been when we in know some to positions, but, I, but this is the scariest shit I've ever done. Yeah, the, oh, <laughs> I,
0: I couldn't even imagine what you're going through mentally. man,
1: I don't want. I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. And like it's, it's, you got somebody you look up to, and then like they trust you with their baby. And it's like something that you know they can get in here, and if they want to kill it, they can kill it. They're like, nah, you get it. Mm -hmm. It's 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 intimidating. It's intimidating shit. So
0: when uh, when you're having these conversations with him, like towards like that time when you're about to be done, when you're about to like make this decision, are are you trying to read him? Are you trying to read like, does he really have this much confidence in me, or is it like you know he? I honestly think he he was signed, sealed, delivered, ready to go. You you knew for sure he He wanted you specifically for this thing. Yeah. And it was just up to you to say, I'm going to take this leap.
1: Because at one point I said, um, "It's." at first it was like, I really thought it was just all I was joking about. I, I really think I did start off joking. And then one day it just got to the point it was like, "Yo, what's going on? Like, are you serious? Like, And I just felt like I had a ceiling sometimes, with, like even with bartending. It's like, where am I really going to go with this? Like, I can save this money. I can get this tavern now. But... I talk about brewing all the time. And I don't really understand it. It's, it's motivating. I know he was all in. Like I said, I just know Drew, from my experiences with him, he's never been about to fuck shit. So like, when he's in, he's in.
0: Yeah, he doesn't seem like a wishy-washy kind of person to me. Nah, he doesn't seem like a waffler.
1: Honestly, like I can say that. I've had a lot of job offers. Not even trying to toot my horn. I've turned a lot of people down. I fuck with Drew.
0: I think it's interesting that you, you wanted to be the rep for Angry Chair. Like, that was your thing. That was your jam. You're like, I was fucking rep. I'm just going to be a rep for this.
1: I wanted to do it. It sounded fun. Like I said, these guys, they, their brand is fun. And, like, I'm a wild child. They're wild children. So, like, but at the same time, honestly, like I say, I think if I would have went, this is not a knock uh, a, a to them, if I would have went with an Angry Chair, I don't think I would have matured me coming up here and Drew probably would still call me a knucklehead. I am. I've grown up a lot, but I've learned things from Drew that I don't think I would have picked up anywhere else. Okay. As far as like how to handle myself in certain situations and just because it might be right doesn't mean I should get out and say it uh or just learning to humble myself a little bit more. It's
0: got to be a fucking beast of, like, a just a business perspective, too. A guy that you can go talk to about business. I mean, not mm-hmm. let, not even thinking about the brewing and the, what he's built over the years, but, like, just, I'm sure he's learned a lot over the years how to deal with the business side of things.
1: Funny thing is, a lot of times, it's like, it's not even that I'm, like, poking for the information. It's just kind of like, like I said, I don't, and, yes, Drew is my boss, but I don't look at Drew as my boss. I look at Drew as, like, but everybody else, like we butt heads sometimes. We don't always see eye to eye. It's just, it's genuine. Like I said, it's just, uh, yeah, it's genuine. It's, it's, it's. Most of the time, these actual jewels are being dropped. I don't even think he's that he knows he's doing it. It's just I happen to be around, so and, and I receive it.
0: You've proven over the years from these stories that you 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 know how to spot the information and absorb it, whether it's whether it's solicited or you just are like, <laughs> oh shit. That dude's just dropping trails of good, good information that I'm just gonna go ahead and eat up. You know, he doesn't even know.
1: How many successful people are literally willing to have someone like me hang around them and give jewels? <laughs> and that says a lot about his character. Like, i mean, I'm not even talking about, like, not not the rich or wealthy people. We're just talking about just even just successful, mm-hmm. just being able to give you something that most people won't give. Like he doesn't. He could have found anybody up here in Chicago, the, Indiana to come and do huge,
0: this. Huge, huge area to choose from. I mean, there's all kinds of shit up here in Chicago. It's got to speak a lot to, to reach down to Florida and say, "Well,
1: this is the guy I want." Cause like, got my little rowdy ass up here. Yeah. like <laughs> I'm like the wild bronco. Like if we tame him, he'll be a beautiful. Trying to midwestern, <laughs>
0: trying to midwesternize you.
1: I've gained weight. I had to buy new pants. These yeah. j- jeans I got on right now—they yeah. weren't originally skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, we got you fucked up now. You're eating Italian beefs and shit now. Yeah. Got, they got you fucked up. None of that Florida shit. None of that hot sun all the time. Get to some of that nasty humidity, but... Yeah, nah, Pastry Stouts followed you up here, though. Yeah. <laughs> pastry <I'm> Stouts <styles laughs> followed you up hard. <laughs> They're like, you want angry? We'll bring Angry Chair to you. We'll start uh, making some of them big old Pastry Stouts.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I'm prodding at Drew to let me get into the Stout game eventually. Uh. I don't want to go, like... I don't want to be the Angry Chairs. I don't want to be them. But I want to roll out. If I can do like one or two a year, you know.
0: A little, fu- like out of the sour note, un- under the sour note label?
1: Just a good old clean stout. You want to mind
0: fuck some people? Throw out, a, throw out a stout under the sour note name. We
1: have two IPAs now.
0: Do you really? For real? We do. Yeah. Are they sour IPAs? They're not sour IPAs. No way.
1: They're just straight up IPAs. Uh, are they up there? They, they are. Sure. Um, so we have Paper Planes. Paper Planes. is oh, okay. A, yeah, hmm? yeah.
0: I think I saw that. I, I thought it was an 18th Street beer for some oh, reason. Nah. Oh, look let's, at that.
1: So we, just, we want to show that we are more than just sour brewers. Because I think from a nerd standpoint of it all, where we look at this, a lot of people are like, oh, you can do sour beers. And if it's a fucked up flavor, we just call it sour. Yeah. Oh, so it's just
0: sour. No big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. We didn't did mess that up. Yeah.
1: So it's just a few things now. Like, we just want to show that we can execute in more than one area. Because um, we got a, a porter in, the, in wine barrels in back right now on cool. Brett. And people are going to be like, oh, man, I'm looking for like that funk of the sour. That tastes is porter. This is the thing about fermenting, too. Sometimes you can ferment out on bread and not get all the funk. So it's just a matter of how you ferment out You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's the, what ashes you get. There's There's
0: so much of a spectrum to everything mm-hmm. you know it's, you can go so deep if you want to and you can stay super shallow i mean but
1: just tell people at to like athletes again it's like depending on the temperature depends on how it performs
0: yeah it's crazy like the, the different strains I mean, it's, it's yeah mm-hmm. omega i mean like these Shh. people are just they're, they're making so much so much great stuff it's like it, there's levels to everything it's hard to just like generalize about anything anymore
1: it really is now i tell people too like this is the one thing i think people get mixed up as far as and this as far as like educational purposes when we Google sour beers it's such a vague term yeah you're gonna get a vague answer for it if you want to know more about the actual sour beers what you should do is look up like I didn't say sour beers just looking up these terms that we're putting out this is why I like to incorporate a lot of these original names in the beers whereas a farmhouse look up what a farmhouse is it'll give you the background story and why the farmhouse came about what it tastes like you Google Flanders red you get Flanders reds the actual definition whereas if you get sour beers it's gonna say Gozos, Berliners Flanders and Austin. you can yeah. doesn't tell you any details about it super general super yeah. duper general
0: yeah I mean I've heard some good good conversations uh, over the you know the 70 some odd episodes I've recorded of this show about uh you know like Gabe over at half acre prefers you know mixed culture versus you know using just using the name you know like, just a, like as little as just tagging a bottle with something like marketing all that but then uh, conversations with like Hagen and the guys over at dovetail and And the use of uh, the word wild, you know, like, are you really wild? I mean, is this really replicating, you know, breweries from Germany and Brussels and that that have been doing this stuff for hundreds and hundreds of years? Like, is it the same pulling in the bacteria off of the fucking L in the north side of Chicago versus, you know, somewhere in the country out in, you know, uh, Belgium somewhere? Yeah, it's it's always a very interesting conversation when it comes to that general style of sour beers with the heavy quotation marks.
1: Yeah. I said, even like with that that wild thing, like when people hear wild, they automatically think sour too. Well, wild could just be a funky beer. And sometimes you can, you might not even get funk out of it. Get that horse blanket. Oh, yeah. I love that horse blanket. Like when you get that like, that, that that dad wallet take, taste to yeah. it. That sounds bad. Like, when you taste a wallet. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that leathery shit, man. You yeah. know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
0: like, I love to listen to people s- describe beers like that. I love to watch people taste them for the first time. Oh yeah, because I know I feel like I watched myself outside my body sipping my first ever sour beer, and it was like <laughs> in a pool. And go hey, it bring it all back around in South Carolina. I was in South Carolina. I think it was probably like I don't know. It was probably 2013, 2014 for me. I was maybe I was late to the game, but Westbrook. It was a Westbrook beer in a can. I don't even remember what it was. Had it be the Goza. It was a, yeah. It was a Goza, I believe. It was. It, it had like a little pretzel. On it, and it said like sweet and salty or something, oh, yeah. or like that's a that's salty and, yep. and something. And uh, or it said, yeah, it said like savory and salty or something on there. And the dude, there was a dude that worked for uh, I think they were an InBev company at the time, uh, uh Terrapin, Terrapin, or like they were small and they got bought out, but he was coming back. His wife and uh, my wife were in the pool together with the, the kids were swimming together, and he came a day late. He was coming from Boulevard. He was doing some some work out there with the distributor. Uh, so they hit Boulevard. He worked for Terrapin, and he he sees me drinking a zombie dust in the pool, you know, and he's <laughs> like, "Where'd you get that from?" I'm like, "I got like a case of them in the hotel. We drove up here, you know. We drove out here." So he comes and grabs me some stuff, and he's like, "I want." He's like, "You ever had a sour before?" I'm like, "No, I don't know." He's like anything sour goes. Up. I'm like I don't think so. So he hands me that thing and I watch. He's just staring at me. Like I want to see you sip it. Like I want to see you take the first drink. And I was like, <laughs> he's like, what are you getting? I'm like, I'm like, like it made me feel like I was eating sour patch kids. You know, like yeah. that was that was my first description of a sour.
1: It was a Lafite. It was my first sour which I tried. And then um, I hated. I fucking hated sours. Um, it was a young lady. I used to come to my house and. um little craft beer store in greenville i used to have like canteen on the shelf so what the fuck? yeah and they they lost the license like somewhere in like the mid to well not too long ago so they nobody cared about it mm-hmm. and i remember uh, one of the guys who helped actually um gave me some of my beer education too was uh zach from the greenville beer well used to be a greenville beer exchange he um, was like yo take these bottles of beer you have no idea but you're gonna miss out on. And they <laughs> have a secret room. So if you spend so much money they'll pull you back there and they'll be like, if you wanna buy this, you can buy this too. And I'm like, okay.
0: It's like a seller list almost, mm-hmm. you know.
1: They had Don Quixote's and everything, and I bought like I had no idea, and I was like, thought Don Quixote was like the most disgusting sour. And now i look back in retrospect and people go crazy over it and I'm like, What? Yeah.
0: I fucking hated that beer. Yep. But I gave up a kidney for it. <laughs> yeah. Now those are the canteen shits out of this world. But now, like the first time I think I had these conversations and flavors and that, uh, I think it was uh, end of 2017, early 2018 with uh, Jake Brady and Tom over at Penrose. Okay. And they were talking about, Horse blanket and and barnyard flavors, and all that. And I think that was kind of the first time I'd ever heard like that discussion. And it's that was like the fifth episode ever of this show. And it's been something that stuck with me, you know, just talking about tasting sours and farmhouses. And you know, like, how
1: do you prefer working in barrels? Like, what what is your go to? I I prefer to work in barrels, but um, I say right now, it's just. We, the, the demand is more of the and I see it across the country is the our Berliners I and mean, we can go barrel wild Berliner but at the same time as far as coming into a program and trying to restart it I'm it's it's a reset button currently so uh, it's crazy oh yeah <laughs> and everybody oh you've been there for two years it's like that uh, it's been a two year adjustment yeah,
0: <laughs> this shit doesn't this this is all a living thing always it's oh, yeah. always a living thing never. No solidification. And when you, as soon as you solidify, you die. That's uh-huh. it.
1: My favorite question is, what beer you got coming next? Like, I can't tell you because if I do tell you and it doesn't come out, <laughs> I'm yeah. a liar. Like, like,
0: if I got one that's packaging tomorrow. I can tell you about <laughs> that one. Yep.
1: But uh, that one we know is good. But... It's like follow us on IG. There yeah, you know. right. <laughs> follow us
0: on Instagram. We got new cans coming out. So what's, uh, what's your favorite one you have on tap right now? Oh, man. You're going to make me choose a child? Yeah. No, um, don't. Yeah. Ch- choose a fucking child.
1: You don't care. Nah, I don't care. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. Um, <laughs> if I had to go with anything right now. I guess Which I said, kid do you hate the least? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to pour the Touch of Lush? Oh, Absolutely. Get you we we talked that. about it. We got to have a little, a little sample of it. And then I'll do you the Cheddar King as well so you can see the heavily fruited thing. Yeah. So, you can see the, so the Cheddar
0: King was the first one that you did that was on that kind of heavily fruited side here. Ooh. Okay, and then You canned you. it, too.
1: Oh, yeah. We and got your rec-
0: cans aren't exploding like a lot of people's when they fruit stuff up? So far, we haven't had that issue. Yay.
1: So um, that's why I go the route that I do. I Must am... not be
0: enough fruit in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, make the yeast work. That's yeah. what it's there for. Yeah, right. Me give me one second here.
0: Yeah. I'm going to just narrate play by play. I was just going behind the bar now. Uncovering the taps. Yeah, I mean, this... uh the world of uh, sours and all that, and, I mean, I know that's basically all we've talked about today, but there there are some breweries that can do just one thing, um, and that's cool, but like you said, you guys don't want to just be a sour brewery. I mean, it's cool starting point, and uh, the name definitely lends itself. Obviously, people are going to be like, oh, the sour, no, they're obviously just sours, but... Uh, the fact that you guys are now putting IPAs on a little bit and you, uh, you, want, you want to take a shot at a stout. Uh, the sour stout sounds like a good idea, too. Uh, just, just to give, like, if anything, just to kind of say, like, this exists, Chicago. Like, this is a thing that you should try. Right, which one did you pour now? That is Touch of Lush. Touch of Lush. This is the collab beer. I don't tend to taste and talk in my podcast. I'm not a reviewer. I'm not much for, like, the, you know, I'm going to taste it, smack my lips around, make the little nose sounds into the microphone, and then tell people what what they should get off of a beer. So I'm just going to keep myself from doing that. Yeah? That's right. I'm going to have you taste it and talk about it. Oh, yeah. So so the, the, the collab is considered... Uh, what what's what's the style I guess if you had to put a if you had to put a label on it it's a Berliner it's a Berliner
1: it's a little higher in ABV like I was saying earlier it's about that's the seven point okay mm-hmm. um I forget the exact ABV on it uh seven and seven cents some change somewhere around there I think it's seven and a half but uh it's a Berliner so like I said we literally did no boil on this one so like um you should get like a lot more weedy characters on that almost like a yogurt-y type note getting a
0: ton of that like a, that yogurt that kind of like you said that give you that salivation the jowls are working right now
1: you can get it on the nose too it's like a lot more of that uh oatmeal type note
0: just note that he went with one nostril versus two because that's what he does
1: all natural yeah like on the left one you pick up more oil for me i'm not sure how everybody else operates my left one picks up more fruit notes yeah. than my right nostril does
0: i need to learn my nose better <laughs> then i had a bourbon guy tell me i got a, i got one trusted bourbon guy his name is bobby bobby c and bobby c does everything cool that any guy would want to do like Bobby collects all the cool shit. He's got fucking cigars, a bourbon guy, beer, uh, sneakers. Dr- drones. I don't know that he. Get, I'm going to have to check with him if on the sneaker thing. He needs to get all sneakers. He's a, he he's like a like a fucking world-class uh, smoker of meat. Uh, just just kills it with the, you know, he's got one of those nice fucking grills and, okay. and smokes the shit out of some some briskets and all that, wild game, all that shit. Collects guns, all. He's just a really intelligent good man. He, lo- he lives life. Like He likes to live it. You yeah, know, right? That's his thing. But he he's telling me about bourbon the one day. And I, said, I know a little bit, but not much. And he's like, the first thing, he's like, you're a beer guy. Instinctually, you want to smell that, that bourbon right when I pour it for you. He's like, don't smell it. Drink it first. Then smell it. He's like, because that will fuck your whole palate up once you smell it first. You're going to be leading. Your nose is going to lead your palate. And I'm like, it's so opposite for beer where I prefer to hmm. get in there with my nose first. But... I've been doing bourbon backwards. That's what I feel like that's, <laughs> why, that's what I said. But I mean, I, got, I guess I'll listen to the guy who's got the, you know, $25,000 shelf of bourbon uh, uh, versus right. me who's got a bottle of fucking Weller Green label at his house. And that's
2: about it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what is uh what what's kind of your go-to if you're out and drinking? Like if you're if you're out and you have options. If I have options. To yeah, yeah to if you have options. Like what what's, what's kind of like your your, like you said, we talked about your go to. I don't even know if we did. We talk about your go to stout that we my go to stouts.
1: Uh, I said if I if my go to go to right yeah. now is uh O okay. That's just like the
0: available, ready to go. But like if you're if you're out drinking with a bunch of friends, like what are you are you, are you, are you targeting styles? Are you looking to keep it light? Are you a uh-huh. logger guy? You a high life guy?
1: No, <laughs> um, that one day I got stouted out is the only time Drew's tried to get me to drink high life a lot, and I really won't go that route, but <laughs> it's uh. <laughs> natter
0: days no. that's what that's what you need some natter days i'm
1: i'm a stout drinker
2: really I'm Oh a, shit!
1: it could be 100 degrees outside i want to drink a stout that's um, awesome people are like oh you go to the beach and you drink stouts i was like well if you, you're gonna sweat anyways at the beach just jump in the water with uh, a solo cup
0: fuck, yeah i'm drinking so. stouts on the beach <laughs> i don't give a shit
1: his stouts uh i actually get into like uh like golden sours uh flanders reds uh old brooms uh Saint-Denis. those are my like beers that I'm like looking for your happy place mm-hmm. okay that's why if you catch me out most of the time I'm at if I'm out if I get a chance I'm at a half acre okay so. half acre
0: do they make anything that doesn't work exactly. it's crazy right that's a role model brewery right there it's insane their, their IPAs are just so killer every time they oh, don't yeah. need to make hazy ones or anything they just like here check this out they do dude. they do it, it, they do, they do. They, they don't <laughs> apologize to anyone
1: for no, it. The Wilds
0: are good. They got some good stouts. I mean, that benthic shit is insane, man.
1: Oh, yeah, the benthic, and yeah, that that's taking off for them.
0: That double barrel with the apple brandy barrels, the freaking double dose well, that they, they hit. I mean, they're they're killer. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, those are my go-to styles. Uh, every now and then, like I said, you'll catch me do something, like, off-key. Um, I do, like, the trials of People's Pilsners, and... Other people's beers, even if it's not my style, just to I like to see what people are doing and what they're on.
0: Now, are you? Uh, have you been attending? You know, I know like fest season comes up. Are oh, you yeah. attending everything now?
1: Uh, attending everything, I'm attending. Uh, I actually had a break for a while. I think the last festival I really attended heavily, um, I think it was Hunapu Day. So,
0: oh man, Tampa Tampa Craft Beer Week. Oh yeah. Got special guests in the house. We spoke it we spoke a We we spilled stuff already, Drew. You guys push your pants? No, we we had a gusher. We had a bit of a gusher. Farmhouses get a little crazy sometimes. I got to I got a mic here if you want to sit down. (laughs) 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 Let's turn let's turn Drew on here too. All right, we're throwing on a special special guest. I know you're a busy man, but uh you found you found a minute for us. What's
3: up, Drew? What's going
0: on? We've been talking about you for like the last hour or so. You know, we not might long. as well get you on here. Don't lie. <laughs> you don't have a gusher, right? You didn't have a gusher like we did. <laughs> you guys are not on open bottles. <laughs> ah, boo. We did all right. We did all right. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about a little bit about the, how you guys kind of came together and a little bit of Oz's background and all that. So you just freaking, you took a gamble. You were like, hey, come up here. Come <laughs> up here, man. Let's do this. No, he took the gamble. He t- yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. And then he told me he cried like a bitch before he came up here. That he did. <laughs> yep. He's like, yeah, yeah. Now I don't want to talk about nah, it. Nah, I was like, oh, shit. What the you fuck said, did I do with myself? Who'd you, who'd you say that was that, from Angry Chair? It was Ryan Dowd. Was Ryan, Ryan, who's yeah, Ryan? Yeah. Is Ryan the owner, brewer, Oop. all that? Ryan's the the, the founder?
1: Round is a, uh, fr- I know, round, I know round their owner.
0: beer. I don't know like about them, you mm-hmm. know, specifically.
1: Yeah, they probably got tired of me too. Like I said, I've just been there and drinking all the time and it's kind of created a bond with them. And like I said, when I went to him that day, he was just like, man, just just get together and go up and kill it, go learn some shit. Like going for a killer operation. So like I said, I just put faith in the process.
0: Yeah, I think you guys probably just want to race some more, don't you, huh? I heard you guys have been, nah, been running races. I, no. <laughs> no, hey, we're going to
1: say one of us retired. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: don't want to pull a hammy or nothing, right?
3: Not one, but two. <laughs>
0: no, I was just bringing up festival <laughs> Festival season was the last thing I was talking about before you walked in. It was kind of like, you know, does it get exhausting? I mean, just going to everywhere.
3: <laughs> I try to be selective on the festivals that I do. I mean, it's. I think there are so many – festivals out there that, that want to make a buck off what you do um, and I think the work that we put in it if anybody should be making money from it it should be the people who are putting the time into the operation you know so
0: so is it kind of like something that you grow out of almost like you, you just got to be
3: selective you just got to be selective you just got to say you got to learn how to say no um, I mean there's a couple of festivals in, uh, in Europe that we're not doing this year because again we you know, we have a business around at the end of the day, and, and sometimes when you're when you're away, uh, you can't focus on things that you really need to focus on. They're great to do, as far as building relationships with people. Um, I think we've done a lot of that over the years, but honestly, it's, I mean, I find myself wanting to be home um, a good amount of time than being on the road, uh, you know, as I was for the last, you know, it seems like, you know, 5 years I've been on the road, you know, but uh, I I really enjoy just being home.
1: Yeah, it's like a, it's like a touring band to like, you know. I'll say from my end, from somebody who's to seek all the actual beer uh-huh. festivals. It's not the same anymore. It's the same but well, Yeah, no, go
0: go deeper on that. What do you mean? Like it's just
1: it's just once you get behind the veil, you start seeing a lot like you still appreciate the beer and then you just start realizing the access that you do really have to the beers amongst the friends you have in the industry. And then at the same time, once you start being able to create a product, you don't look at others' products the same. So it's like when you see, we talked about earlier with these beer nerds again. Mm-hmm. Remember, was it 2014 <laughs> Hunapu? People stood in line for three hours to taste SR71. It's fucking crazy. You missed three hours it's of a I feel like Toppling
0: Goliath beer. just doesn't show up to shit anymore. They're like, <laughs> like, their name's up, but then they don't even show up with any beer. Like, that happens all the time now, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. we don't do that. <laughs> I mean,
3: I, I don't know if, I mean, I guess we can agree or disagree, but it's important for us, the owners, the, the brewers, to be at festivals. I mean, it's it's probably a rare occasion, I guess, Oz, I mean, that at least someone's not there from this company uh, representing us. I mean, we just, we don't want other people pouring our fucking beer that don't know what they're talking about, that That's don't the know thing our beer, that, don't know our history. Because you guys
0: gonna, have been, I mean, you especially, Drew, have been doing this for a while, like, and you understand, so, and, and Oz, you've been a part of doing the festivals from the from the company side. Like as you grow and kind of like like I was saying, like grow out of this stuff a little bit, like and be more selective. It's gotta be hard to pick the people you're sending if you're sending a representative, right? That's not you, because everybody's probably grown accustomed to custom like on oh, 18th Street. I'm gonna see Drew's face. Oh, Oz is gonna be under the Sour Note, you know, logo. Like, is it weird for you guys to have to pick the right people to send out to these things, or do you no. just say like, Fuck it, we're not going to that fest because I can't be there?
3: Pretty much. I mean, if, I if it's not it. if it's not myself, Rich. Oz, Mike, um, or someone in the company that we know can represent as well, we're just, we're just not gonna do it. Um, that's important to us. I mean, it's, it's almost, it's almost rare. And I think this is where Oz, we talk about this quite a bit, where you see the beer, the beer scene changing. It's almost rare, I mean, unless it's a big fest to see an actual owner or a brewer at a fest.
1: That's been one of the dopest things about this, seeing you all always show up, even before I got in.
3: It's almost rare to see an owner brewer in the brew pub, you know, in the tap room. It's it's a rare thing. And uh, I learned this uh, from a Jolly Pumpkin owner. Um, uh, What's his name? I can't pull it. I want to say it's Ron. Ron, Ron. Um, we did a fest uh, a couple of years back and I said, uh, he says, what do you, what do you hate most about being in the operation? I go, I don't, I'm not saying I hate it, but I go, there's times where it's hard to be in front of the public when you have 20 things to do. Um, but he he said, you know, every Friday I make it my business to go down to the bar and have a few beers and and really engage with the customers. Be so visible. Yeah, and so I took that back and I said, um, you know. When I started 18th Street, I was behind the bar every single day. Um, I knew probably 90% of our customers.
0: Couldn't help yourself.
3: Yeah. Um, and I think we lost a little bit of that. And so I came home and I told Rich and Mike and Ed, uh, I was like, you know what? Every Friday, we're going to come down and spend two hours, whether it be me, whether it be somebody from this team. We're going to have a beer. We're going to engage people. And we want to be a visible presence. I think that's it, it's super important. Um, and we do it. I think we do it better than than most than most breweries um, because it's important to us to know our customers, and when you lose that, it's hard to gain that back. And so you see all the shit in the front of the house that wasn't getting done, all the stuff that was you know being swept under the rug because you weren't there. And now it's like they're like, "Damn, Ed's here. Damn, Drew's here." It's like you know. But we we learned a lot about how the operation should work and how the operation. Um, you know, invokes our envision of what it should look like and feel like
0: it's funny that you talk about that that specific thing I, I have maintained this story since last year when you and I sat down for an hour and a half that on like a Saturday morning. We had lunch together right after at the bar and we ate, talked a little bit and then he he went to the kitchen window for something and never left. Like he stood <laughs> at that kitchen window. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I was there for another hour or so, and you were fucking controlling something, like making sure shit was. Getting I was hot. running expo. I was, I was just like something was not right, and he was taking care of it. Like that's that was that's the thing. Was that kind of that presence in the in in the area so you've, you're seeing your visual and you're also engaging with people you know and i saw people coming up to you uh, there's another brewer i think uh from woggley square there you introduce yourself like you know say hi to the family that kind of thing like it's those little things that people don't people don't always consider and take in that goes into this whole big picture
3: yeah and i think it's you know same thing for us it's like you know it's i try to be a motivating uh force for him I mean, he's running the operation practically by himself. Maybe it would help, you know. <laughs> A little uh, bit, maybe. And no. it's like he, he you he's know. He's out it's, there soaking some hoses when I walked in. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, he's like, what do I do? And it's like, uh, I can hold your hand and tell you what to do, but, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how I was taught. I'm going to show you how to do it and the rest of it, you know, read about it and figure it out, but I'll be the, the backbone support for you.
0: Yeah, you don't seem like you're shy at education, man. You look like you're ready to learn.
1: It's the matter of applying it and realizing uh, it's a matter of applying it more than anything. Like um, little small things, like I was talking about earlier, like just figuring out the right mesh bags to use or yeah. anything, you know what I mean, like things like that, and this the small nuances change the beer that dramatically, so figuring that out is just, it's, it's a growth process. Like I said, I've got a lot of bruises.
0: I like the uh the the thought that you gave me about uh, like you, no automated system for you like the feeling of the beer.
1: I don't it's, it's like I said honestly it, it, it I get why some people do it and it does, you get a hire. You, you can increase your yields. Oh, dude, in it makes production. total
0: sense to have automation. I get it. But,
1: but, but yeah. We're small over here. And like I said, I don't mind busting the sweat. And then going back to that thing, it's like they catch me here sometime with my shirt off and they're like, oh man, I was <laughs> just naked out here. Like, no, nah, I'm not. Like, <laughs> you're getting, you're getting
0: wild on Facebook. I think I
3: took that risk when I hired him knowing that he was going to be walking <laughs> he around. Said, he said,
0: <laughs> yeah, he said, yeah, he was a wild boy down south. Someone so showed me was was a
3: picture. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck did I just say? <laughs> I was like, Damn. what did
0: I just hire? <laughs> Oh man, that's hilarious! So how do you guys fucking mesh now with everybody? You got you got sour note. Now you have the distilling part of things. You got 18th Street here. You got the fucking you know the Hammond and Gary locations. Like how do, how do you guys all come together? Is there like a like a like a mob boss meeting every every month where you guys all fucking roll up uh, in Cadillacs dude, with cigars or what? Like
1: Professor X, he like next to all of us like.
3: No, we have an operations meeting uh, every Wednesday, and that meeting is really.
0: Who's in the room? Who's in? Who's in the operations room? Where's that taking place?
3: It, it happens at uh, Hammond.
0: It's the fly it, on the wall aspect of things.
3: No, you don't want to
1: be on that you one. You
0: don't now. want to be on that one. No. Wall.
1: you ever seen that um, Arden episode when he had the fake dog walking around,
3: <laughs> interrogating everybody? That's the meeting. <laughs> That's the meeting. <laughs> it's it's an open forum meeting. It's it's a no nonsense, no BS meeting. I think uh, it's the one thing that. Uh, I look for everybody that is to be transparent because we all make mistakes, um, and sometimes we beat each other up. But it's it's a way for us to really connect on what's going on in, in all the operations because it is really uh, it's more than I can handle on any given day. It really is. It's a lot of shit. Um, so I really need the, the, the key players, you know, I always I say the key makers, um, to really execute their jobs and uh, and execute them well because. Again, for the amount of time that I brew, I probably brew, you know, twice a month or once a month at that. And but for the most part, I'm running operations, to make sure everyone's getting paid, make sure that everyone has money for grain, make sure everyone has money for hops. You know, looking at, you know, facilities. You know, we own three buildings, and that's a lot of maintenance we have to look at. You know, dealing with, you know, lawyers and bankers and just people who. Uh, want access. And so it's a lot to deal with. I I expect, you know, the individuals in their operations to run the operations. My job is really uh, to to give support in any way I can and still be a mentor. You know, um, we have still, in my mind, it's a lot of, you know, people who are still young in the game and who are looking for advice and looking for some guidance. And I try to be that person with sound judgment, sometimes I fell miserably at it. Um, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I said, uh, uh, someone uh, said, your job's got to be the hardest job in the world. And I said, yeah. And I said, you're also an asshole to work for. And I said, not in particularly. I go, there are certain things that the way I was raised in the industry, it was like, it's, it is what it is. And this is the way you have to do things. Um, and am I, am I wrong sometimes? Yes, I am when I'm right, I'm gonna tell you I'm right. So Stand up. And, you know.
0: Stand up. But I True. also
3: want I also want my team to be the same way. If they're right, they have to be right. Uh-huh. I mean, I want them to stand up for that. When they're wrong, it's like, hey, tell me you're wrong and let's fix this because no one has time no one has time for games. I mean, this is this is people's livelihoods, this is a lot of money online, it's a lot of expectations, and so in that meeting, we really just lay it on the table, and it's no nonsense. And we walk away sometimes bruised and scarred. It
0: gets a little raw in there.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's family. Yeah. yeah. You have to do that sometimes.
0: If you don't do that, then you, you'll, you'll die. You'll well, if, die you, can't, if you can't be mm. transparent with each other
3: mm. in, in your own house, then just what else the is cancer there? cancer at that point. It's yeah. just
0: now. So. It's, at some point, you, you saw those qualities in Oz, then I take it. Like, yeah.
3: Absolutely. I mean, like, again, we had our bumps in the beginning but I can tell you one thing about Oz. Oz is one of those persons that, one of those people that he's a visionary and he reminds me like, I look at him and I see myself in the beginning like, holy cow. He's like, these are some exact tendencies that I had, but he can execute those things in his operation because it's technically just him, you know what I mean? And he doesn't have to ask me for anything. And I told him a long time ago, as long as you're making the beer that you want to make, and you're happy with the beer that you want to make but you don't have to ask for permission and um, but he has a strong sense of
0: looking at him as he's saying that's this scary, is
3: true that's part of <laughs> the scary part. that's why he's so scary. <laughs> yeah. but he has the aptitude to get the, the knowledge uh, in the beginning I didn't I mean he has a lot broader base of connections in the beginning I had you know a handful of people I could rely on he's got states he's You he do it, like, it really does it sounds like you got states it really does you know? from our
0: conversation it sounds like you got states
3: he's got that 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 big old juice he's <laughs> like he got that reach nah. he knows he, he knows more people than i know
0: he's getting introverted all of a sudden he's <laughs> like, no, nah.
3: he like i'm gonna call Wakefield and ask him a question i'm <laughs> like who <laughs> <laughs>
0: who's who's that just, just some guy. Yeah. So Indiana Weiss is coming out. Some, some of that Haterade uh, North Edition. I just read Drew's, the bottle that Drew's drinking out of. Is Everything
1: Bagel? Everything Bagel. Tell me more. So um, <laughs> that's um, one of those, I say Wild Elves as well. Um, that's one of those things that I would love to take credit for. It kind of existed before I did. Um, That's the beer. That one was uh, isolated by the old pastry chef that had the uh, bread strand.
3: Well, yeah, we had a pastry chef who um, we did this. um, She had a culture for a sourdough uh, sourdough bread going. And um, we hired a consultant, um, a former Jester King brewer, Colin. And we were trying to really just get the culture we wanted, just get it right. And so he came out and spent a week with us. And said, "Hey, what do you want to make?" And I said, "Just want to make some clean, but also some super funky, crazy wild ales." And so we took some samples from different barrels, and um, put them in two puncheons. and it was probably about seven different uh, uh, yeast strains. You know, some of it was Dre some of it was uh, Cantillon, and we put some bottles in, and we took the sourdough culture, and we just took probably a quart of it and just put it in a punch, and, and literally, I, I want to say, maybe six hours, we had, like, major crazy activity, mm-hmm. and, um, and so we, we banked that. We sent it out to Y Yeast, and we banked that culture, and, and that's what basically we're thinking of a name to come up with, with all these different different strains of yeast, and we came up with Everything Bagel. Everything bagel. And that was actually one of the first bottle-conditioned beers that we did. Then um, the farmhouse was second, so. Farmhouse? No. Yeah. No, it was actually uh, uh, Dreams. Cherry Dreams.
2: Yeah, right.
0: So what's the intrigue of the bottle condition? I mean, what's, what draws you to that method?
1: Personally, it just drives the beer out a little bit more. And I, for me, with drier beers, it just causes me to want to drink more of it and get more of it. makes me want to dive in more. with those things that are a lot more...
3: Complex? You
1: no, know, more of those beers that are like a little bit more receiving, that are easier to receive. I might as Enticed to come back for a second drink because it's like, okay, I can pick this apart easily. Whereas like with the everything bagel in that farmhouse, they're so complex to the point that I want to come back and figure out is there something I'm missing or should I smell this again in five more minutes? Like we talked about earlier and when it, the smell develops and things like that, it, those beers, they make me want to dive in more. Is it yeah. is it hard
0: to drink for fun now? Is it like you're always <laughs> just constantly analyzing? Yes. Like just analyzing everything. He mm-hmm.
3: does it more to himself than I do. I, I used to analyze everything. Um, now Rich does. Um, and speaking of the farmhouse, we bottled that beer in seven, 17. I think. 17, 17. 17. And when we first tried it like five months later, and I was like, oh, this is okay. This is, it's just, that's a farmhouse. And then we tried it last week. I was like, holy shit. I remember we (laughs) um,
1: we thought it was hitting uh, not this year but it Huna before that because we took it down Down, for that Mm -hmm. yeah
3: but now it's like it's one of those beers I told us I can drink this every day and it was killer it's uh it 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 developed over time I think the yeast has done an amazing job in the bottle Um, and I'm glad we're drinking it now versus drinking (laughs) it 17 when it was still like "Eh, I don't know about this beer. and actually, me and Rich are talking about it because we actually over-primed it and over-carved it. But, uh, and we put it on the floor. Yeah, you guessed it. <laughs> but it, it, it's a fun beer, and I, I want to see us do more of those in, you know, in a small scale because they're fun. And to see that beer evolve, is, it's, pretty something, it's something pretty special.
0: What do you guys do do with these like uh your your bottles like this? Do you guys do like small releases for them or is it just quiet like hey it's just they, in the cooler all of a sudden one day you can buy it if you're in here?
1: They've hit social media a few times on some other things um these technically have been in the cooler the majority have been in the cooler from the time we've opened the uh tasting room. But there's been a uh, certain post about them. Maybe we probably should put more of them out there just Showcasing like like we talked more. about. I, I don't it's know. Not, it's not <laughs> usually, it,
0: it's not the thing that's going to drive a bunch of nerds in here to come get it, but once they have it,
1: they'll be like, oh, okay, I get this. I see what this is. It's one of those hard things when we first opened up the tasting room, having to, and this is, I sat in the tasting room for a while, having to explain to people that it's not a sour beer, that is farmhouse, and what's going on, what is going to be dry, it's not going to be one of those things that are like. For me, I, I think what really got me more into it, I think if we uh, were sitting down and trying on with different foods, we'll probably pour people in a little bit more, mm-hmm. Whereas to just like just trying on blind and then having to come behind and, and I got to think about it. Well, how can I I want to word like this? You know how you go to a movie? Somebody taking this movie is like amazing, and then you watch it, and it's like I had this expectation for it, so now I'm kind of let down. Yeah, so. people, people
0: fuck people up in beer all the time. Yeah, like,
1: dude, you're about to fucking get your mind blown with this one, mm-hmm. and then it's like so they hear sour and they're good? like, oh, no, they'll get a sour, and they come yeah. out here and they're like, oh, it's, it's a farmhouse. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: but the, the the problem is that some people have farmhouse on their label, and it is sour, and they right. they're like, oh shit, this is this is what a sour is now. Yeah, well, I think that
1: mix up? It's, that's goes back to that mix-up again we were talking about earlier as far as like and i grew up in that area where and i think i had to thank the guy mr mines we were i was giving a i want
0: a picture of mr mines i feel like mr mines is like a, he sounds like a mythical creature at this
1: point <laughs> <laughs> he probably is by now uh-huh. um, he's off
0: in the ether somewhere
1: just those basic beers like i think if people learn how to get on that then you still can like, like i say i appreciate a pastry style some people at me for it but i mean like yeah I got
0: no problem with the trends. I got no problem with them personally. It th- makes me... Th- think They're wonderful. I have a good time with them. I, just, I don't like some of the stuff they spawn, like, socially. And, right. And, 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 and what do you mean by that? In the, in, <laughs> in the world of it, you know, I wish people were a little bit having more fun with it, not so angry all the time about it and right. you know, this and that. Well, that's you know? a whole different conversation. Yeah, no, I told them I was like, we could do two hours on just the, the well, culture and the industry and the secondary God. and the trade and the, it's crazy. Like, well, I think that's the, the thing that used to be fun.
3: I think that's the thing that uh, we talk about this literally, I want to say every day. And it's, it's, we know what's fun to us. And as brewers and as owners, but you do have that subset, and it just – it used to make me angry when you had people just bash other people about something or uh, just tell malicious lies about people that you – they don't even know your business when it comes to beer. Yep. But it's they've hard. heard it yeah. from one person, and one person said this, and one person said that. I think in the industry right now, me personally, I think the industry is is just – it's sick. It's I mean, it's sick. it's sick, meaning like it's it's physically sick with – the amount of poison that gets spread between one beer to the next beer, and it's it's it, it becomes not enjoyable in some senses. And I stay away from it. I used to be, I used to engage people in that stuff. It's like now, I, I don't even, I don't even read the forms. I don't even care about it. I, I do what I do to still enjoy and have fun. I think there are a lot of people um, who still enjoy and have fun, but there are a lot of people who just take the wind out of you. And just they're they're making the industry sick in so many ways. It's a competition uh, now. It's a, it's, it's a competition it's almost, thing. It used like, to
0: be this kind of like camaraderie of like, like, man, we're all in this together. No,
3: I still think it is. It's still there, I still it's think like it is regional with, now. Versus, I still think it is with a lot of, a lot of people.
1: It's more the consumer base. Yeah, I think I, 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 the I,
3: consumer has definitely uh, changed so many
0: You guys ways. are not allowed to address the consumer, all no, right? No. You just keep I'm, making those beers. I'm I'm still one of them. Yeah we, st- you, yeah, we
3: still buy beer. We still buy beer, and yeah. we have to. Yeah, I was you. talking
0: to I was talking to some bottle shop owners the other day, like in, the, in you know in the suburbs, and they they were kind of they were breaking down, kind of like it's harder to keep people in for drafts as much uh, to mm. sit down at the bar and drink some beers because it's not like a tangible thing that you can put online or flex with as much right. or or sell or have some sort of a monetary value to it or you know. It's, it's wild.
1: It has to be something new. It kind of reminds me of like how they approach the music industry now. You can't, you, like how it used to take two years to make an album, and it'd be appreciated. Now, if it's not the hottest music, it might not be the yeah. most.
0: No trap beat, no care. Exactly. Yeah. So that's
1: kind of how it is with like this beer thing right now. Like If it's not, we talked about this recently, uh, looking at the ratings on beers, where a few years ago, Dark Lord was still rated as a top five beer. and then Soy now, sauce now. That's, that's the yeah. common yeah.
0: Reference now, soy sauce. I
1: mean, it's just, look, look at how even um, these du- Duval and things like that used to be like ranked really high. And now you look at the top rankings, the top 25, they're all one-off beers or like, they're beers that you only see that come out. Or Bourbon
0: County oh, variants. Once a year variant, once every five-year variant. Got, so, uh, got that prop, man. Got that prop. Well, you just gotta go Except for 2016, that. fuck that beer. No, I'm just,
3: <laughs> just gotta <laughs> appreciate the beers you, you, know, you want to drink. And, and, and frequent those places that you, you want to drink them at. I mean, I'm going to support, you know, my local bars, my local restaurants. As long as they're supporting me and supporting the beers that we're making, that's where you're going to find me drinking. You know, you're not going to find me drinking in, in, in the bottle share in the basement. Those days are kind of over for me. Um, but again, no more like, bottle <laughs> shares? No, you know, just like I said, I, I, I appreciate a good, you know, pastures out every now and then. But I'm, I want to get out and support the people who are buying our beers and and supporting us. And bottle
1: shares have gotten weird, too. Bottle are so weird now.
3: Yeah. Like I, so the thing we
1: started doing before I came up here, we would like, literally, you have to submit your bottle two days in advance.
0: That's fucked
1: up. No. Uh, not that. A, this, this is- so. No, this I'm is saying that. that's what it used oh. to be like. Oh, yeah. yeah but it's a, and
0: now, now it's like, it's completely different.
1: Yeah. We submitted our bottles and we removed labels. So that way nobody had the hype on the beer. Oh, see, yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Right mm, it's there. a blind taste That's the shit right there. So like, that way people weren't like, having to come to this bottle share. I'm like, oh, man. Well, I'm going to hold back on this one. I'm going to give this bottle. It's yeah. just like we all just came to have a good time, and then we rated bears. beers. You rate you rate a beer more fairly without a label. Cause. It's crazy
0: now, because now you're just looking. You're like, well, who brought what? What do they got? <laughs> yep. What's in that? What's in you know? What's in that? We we at the the bottle shop I'm at. We put the tables up, and mm-hmm. we you know you bucket. Everything goes in an ice bucket, but you can scan the bucket and be like, mm, I'm gonna hang out at this table. Yeah, you, you got like, that you know, one guy. Oh, yeah. he brought that sour. No, let's go over uh-huh. to the 18th Street table. Yeah, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> <You're tricking. laughs> I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm going to hold back on this uh, this prop because somebody, a bunch mm-hmm. of dog shit in this bucket. Like, I'm
1: not, you know, It's like, just beer. You drink it. You pee
0: it out. You know, yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's, it's meant like to be that. a good time. Remember, it was fun. No, it's, it's still fun. Don't get me wrong. I just sound cynical. It's like that loud minority type thing. You know, it's like that same thing with the politics nowadays. It's like you you get these thoughts from the mainstream because it's it's what's publicized or what you see. It's it's clogging up your news feed, whatever it is if you're looking at social media. So you're seeing this, so you think your your brain tells you this is the majority. Once you get in that bottle shop or in that tap room or in that, you know, you you and you're physically with people and your phones in your pocket, not in your
1: face. You're right. like, okay, this this is still
0: fun. This is still cool, you know.
1: I get to look at it from two ends from it still and talking with uh, Eric Trnowsky over at Cycle about this. He's like, bro, you're like an anomaly for brewers. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He was like, one, he said, when we go out, he said, we all drink champagne beers. You're mm-hmm. drinking stouts. They drink the stouts. champagne of beers is what mm-hmm. you're talking about. <laughs> I didn't want to go that route, but they drink that. Yes, <laughs> yep. So um, that route, and he was like, and at the same time, he's like, you are still standing in line for beer, and at the same time, like, you're producing it. He said, so therefore, like, you get to see more than one thing, so. But you still nerd out. You still go away. I still, still nerd. Where yeah. was the last line, um,
0: line you sat in?
1: Last line I sat in. Uh, we went Some out. Barely as German chocolate. Actually uh, wasn't even line. <laughs> uh, actually I, that was the uh, I, I was in line to get into the rad beer fest, and the one thing I kept hearing from people is, oh, you know Ryan, why don't you just cut the line? Like, <laughs> no, I want to be regular. I want to stand in line with they all. Like, uh-huh. but um, actual real line I last stood in, I say probably was either the second Hannah batch release no it was toppling a lion uh, Toppling the lion assassin last okay. year okay so not this past
0: assassin the one last yeah, year one last okay. year i see so yeah drew gave me the he, he gave me a story he was the 18th episode and that totally was random too the 18th street being the 18th episode of the show uh drew gave me the story that i've used for the last year uh talking to people because he talked about uh about going to festivals and working festivals and showing up at festivals and be just like fucking looking around like who the fuck has a pilsner who's got <laughs> who's <laughs> got a logger on draft or like hidden in a jockey box somewhere and that is a story that i've used so many times and every brewer almost to a man has like the same thought thought process you know? and, and
3: now you go to a fest and uh, any brewer's table i'd say probably 80 percent of a brewer's table they got a pills hiding under the table yeah. or someone's bringing a yeah. pills to, to a festival so
0: at stout Fest at goose <coughs> island i went over i went over to talk to uh, steve miller and brandon banbury over at hailstorm popped open their jockey box a bunch of pilsners and chesky temmy in there and dark dark lagers, yep. Something like yeah that, that's that's what's going on at these festivals behind behind <laughs> the scene
3: it's going to be farmhouse pretty soon oh yeah you think so <coughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll, hey, you know, the backtrack, you poured some beers before we started going. Right. Uh, the first one I had was that the. Touch of Lush. The th- well, no, I'm sorry, that was the collab, but the first uh, fruited one was that the Cheddar King? Oh, Cheddar King. Okay, the, I was going to say this has got to be the uh, clothing, option clothing there, optional. Clothing right? optional. Okay. Okay. You
1: know, it, this clothing's not optional here right now, so. no. I, no. Too, too many guys. <laughs>
0: and Oz is naked again. <laughs> no. So what did you see with these? I mean, it was this something that you were like, "We got to try some of these overfruits, man. We got to, we got to see what it's, we can do with them."
1: Yeah, I mean, like, just the opportunity there, and like, there's no one, and I'm saying in Indiana, just as far as the region goes right now, it's, who, who's attacking it? Like, not saying nobody's producing it, but who's attacking it like that?
0: Going to so. Indianapolis to go to 450, and even south of that, that's like that's, that's the closest. That. That's the closest, you know thing to like over-fruited your can might blow up in the car you know Except, burp, you know fruited beer
1: hopefully we don't run across that issue no um no. but the good thing that we've have uh, we have been blessed as far as being able to go down to Indy and our friends down that way as far as like kumas and la margarita helping us push these products it allows us to sit there and showcase these things whereas uh was it last weekend
0: I saw La Margarita had that, you know, yeah, the only, right. keg,
1: only keg in, in, the, in the state, right? Yeah, and he's sitting there at the bar, um, getting ready to leave that night, getting ready to pack up the car. And John was like, do you mind sticking around for tomorrow? And I was like, if you're going to sell the beer, let's do it. And I came back that morning, and there was a table full of people sitting there. And he's like, oh, you look lonely. You should come sit with us. I was like, God, not that lonely, but okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so there um, you are again, being the lonely guy in the room. <laughs> no. I said, um, I got the birthday girl a beer, and she's like, oh, my God, how the fuck did you know I like sours? I was like, <laughs> I didn't. And then she's like, is that the beer on the corner right there, with like that label? And I was like, yeah. She was like, we got to get four packs. And literally that day, her and her table, they all walked out with four packs of it. So that was like just the easy sale. And just the, the the dope thing about it is, and I'm not saying all brewers, but the – my Relationships with a lot of brewers. I, a lot of dudes don't want to talk to people, and I get it. But at the same time, like just being able to like turn it on, and when people have that access to you, it, it's that that restaurant statement. You don't sell. Everybody sells a steak. Can you sell the sizzle? What are you offering that somebody else is offering? I want people to know if they come to this tasting room that my bartender Jerry. It's going to sit up here and it's going to give you a good time and you're going to sit there and be able to get that every time that you come out. If yep. You come to a festival, you're going to see Oz behind the actual table dancing with his music. You're going to get that every day. <laughs> what they, kind you know of music
0: is Oz that? dancing to? <laughs> what, what,
1: what, what you got? Uh, uh, Miami, Some little chair Good old, old Miami bass music. That, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Some of that sweaty Miami bass music.
1: Nah, I, I try to, I cater to the crowds. I don't play my personal music at these actual no? festivals.
0: No. You don't want to offend people? Uh, I'm an outcast
1: fan. My music isn't too offensive. But okay, you got the good shit. Yeah, I just, I just know it's a a certain type of music for a good time, and then like I said, like if you're you're putting on that good time, and then you pull one of these Cheddar Kings or you pull Clothing Optional, and it takes that right person to be like, oh, that motherfucker over there is dancing. I'm gonna try the beer, and all of a sudden the beer is like, yo, what is this? And then all of a sudden, it's it's the basic consumer. We're visual, we smell, and then we taste. It goes that route. Like before you. Even to consume anything, you want to see what the product looks like. If it doesn't have a good package, you're less likely to try it. So, like this, that's the whole thing about the sour note brand. I want to see him like get wrapped in. Is that I want you to know, like, we're gonna have a good time, and it's just gonna match the product that we're putting out, and all of that. So, just yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a consumer, I can attest to all that. It's, whether it's right or wrong, I prefer, I love to have that like access. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of this podcast. I mean, why I even do it? I love having the access and talking to these people and getting to know them. And I see it all the time in, in tap rooms and bottle shops that people love meet-the-brewer days, you know. Even if they don't know they do it, they're just there randomly, and the brewer happens to be there for, like, a tasting event or something. Once they get connected with that person, they're like, I can't believe the guy that I just talked to made this beer. Like, that it you know, makes of me want to buy more of it. Like, mm-hmm. boom. It, just, it, 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 like, rewires your brain a little bit. Like you were saying, like, it takes that little wire connects it to the other and says, that dude's back there dancing, that's his beer. It's got a fucking cool label on it. Mm-hmm. I'm buying this four pack now, and I'm, I'm not just gonna have a little taste of it. I'm gonna go ahead and purchase it. You know,
1: and I feel like a part of the brand. It builds memories. <laughs> you know, it, it builds
0: like that kind of like nostalgia to it almost. It'd but, be that one thing you always hear from most people.
1: Hey, I know the brewer.
0: Yeah, dude, fucking <laughs> a lot of that. You get the name drops, right? You get the like they, they come up, they order a beer low key, and then they're like they're like, man, oh, fucking Drew's been doing some good shit over there at 18th Street. And they're
3: like, oh, mm-hmm. you know Drew like that, like yep, you get a the time you get it all the time And i told oz that i was like wait till you go to festivals like oh you're gonna everyone's gonna want everyone's gonna know your name it's gonna be people that you don't even know and you gotta smile and say yes thank you please and thank you for buying my beer and when front I
0: front. when I emailed Drew about doing this with you, you know, and I, I asked, him, you know, like, hey, and then he emailed me back a couple months later saying, hey, like, hey, he's got cool shit coming up. You should try to hook up with him, whatever. I'd seen him at Wakefest, and I'm like walking around. I saw you behind the table, and I'm like, I'm not gonna run up on him because I thought about <laughs> him. Like, when we did the podcast. <laughs> it doesn't mean we're buddies now. It doesn't mean we're best friends. So I'm not gonna run. But what's up, dude? Like, he's sitting there talking to other brewers and you know enjoying himself. I'm not gonna go run <laughs> up on him at a big festival like that. But, but those
3: are rare opportunities, though. I mean, I you know. As it's, it's much as we see each other, uh, as far as the, the brew, people in the brewery industry, it is always nice to sit down and talk to, like, you know, John or, you know, talk to Dotto and, you know, Ben. It, it's always nice. And it may be the one or two minutes in passing, but you don't see those people all the time. And so it's uh, – it, it's we appreciate it at least for sure.
0: I love to watch it. Man. I, I was playing, like, flying the wall at the festival because, like, some of these people I knew. And, like, you know, I've, I built a relationship with Sean and them you know and over at phase 3 now used to be more so i'm hanging out with them behind the behind the tables at wakefest and like mike and uh, Palin and, and kyle and them are sitting there for microphone and clint from misbehavens over there and i'm talking to these guys and they know well works so i'm talking to the guys at well works you know it's just like it's a cool thing to watch everybody like they got like we got 24, 48 hours. Let's fucking make the most of it. They're like we're, we're we're hitting Miami Beach later after this. You know, it's just it's fun to watch kind of those little relationships that you're trying to squeeze in as fast as you can.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're I I think for me they're they're long lasting relationships. I mean, I appreciate it more now. Um, and you know, it's always nice to pick up a phone when you have a question to, you know, the folks in the industry that care about you. It's it, it's it's nice to see that. You can't get to everybody. Um, I was in New York a couple months back, and I just said, "Hey, I'm in New York. Let's hang out." And half the people I wanted to hang out with, I just couldn't get 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 to them because it was you know you're stuck in either one brewery or the next brewery. But uh, it's nice to to chat it up when you can with people.
0: So, like for you, when you go we go to like Tampa Beer Week, it's just fucking you're celebrity down there. I'd imagine, Ugh. right? Everybody's <laughs> like, oh, "I was in town this weekend,
1: dude." You know? yeah, it's always. I haven't seen my grandmother in two years. She was like, "Oh, you want she to?" She come? come to the beer fest? Nah, my grandmother cusses me out. Still to this day, she's like, "You want to bring your little funky ass down here? You want to do all this beer? But you don't want to see me?" It's like, "Yo, chill, Grams." I get it, but so busy. No, nah, it's like it's, a, it's so like this year when we got down, we did the collaboration with Magnanimous. So they put the beer out there. So he was like, "Hey, yo, it'd be dope if you could show up for these events." So it's like, "Yeah, let's do it." So just trying to hang out and like make sure that you're showing faces at these people who are putting your stuff on draft and people who are asking to get you down. It's just trying to go ahead and like I say, I know I know for a fact that people are buying the beer down there just because like oh I got a part of it. But I want it to be more than that. Once again, it's that experience of like oh sour notes on draft, but they're not here. It's kind of. I think it's. I think it is. I mean,
0: some people don't give a fuck. They're just there because they want the whatever the banger is on, on draft. But there are there's a faction of of beer nerds there that are gonna be like, hey, and I and I heard it. at, I think it was Wakefest. I hate to like poop on Toppling Goliath for no reason, but I mean, I think they were supposed to be there and they didn't send any beer or show up. But their sign was up. Eh. Yeah, I think they got some issues
3: going that way. It's happened sure, every now yeah. and
0: again where I've seen it, and I've heard people talking about it, like, can you believe that? You know,
3: they didn't even send a beer. You know, that's kind of... But that's sometimes, too, when you spread yourselves too thin. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, yeah. again, everybody's busy in the industry right now, and I think, you know, and that goes back to what I said. You have to pick and choose the events you want to be at. And 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 even for us in the last two years, sometimes you just, you just have to say no. You say, hey, man, I'd love to be there, but unfortunately we can't be there. You got... You know, you look at all the expenses that go into the travel, the hotels, you know, the sitting kegs down there. It's a lot. and it Who's could be, covering what? Am I right, paying for the beer? They right. paying for the beer. Am I and, paying for lodging? Like, what do you know? And from some small breweries to spend $2,000 on a trip, that can equate to them buying malt, them buying yeast. So oh, it wow. does add up. And I, I do know some breweries who just said, hey, this year we can't afford to do because we spent X number of dollars on travel last year. Um, and we're no different sometimes you just got to say no hey I'd love to be there but we physically can't do it you know it, it's it's a lot well you, you you're like always open invited to like,
0: international festivals too that's a whole nother level of things yeah it's I, one thing to be around the country you know and doing these
3: I I know I I think for international stuff I, you know we do a lot of stuff with the McKellar and um that's really um has opened up a lot of doors for us to sell beer internationally um but again, I pick and choose those for us based on relationship, based on how my beer is going to be received, and and um, and does that market make sense for us to go out to that market? Um, Not just
0: something to do to do it, because no, oh, look, I have my beer on sale here. Like,
3: no, I, I got it. I still got to explain those expenses, you know, and, <laughs> and, and and say, hey, you know, that's a five thousand dollar trip. Does that make sense? I mean, w- what is I going to gain, 18th Street or sour note from doing that event? Mm-hmm. So, um. You know, it's again. You got to pick and choose your battles, and there's a lot of battles. Dude,
0: why are you so corporate, Drew? What's up, man? You're so
3: corporate. Man, I, you know, this this thing is grown into How something. How dare you Crazy. build
0: a a good business? How dare you be successful? I'm still That's learning.
3: Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's unacceptable to be successful nowadays. I uh, my I, I got a six year old, and and uh, you know, when I was a kid, I skateboarded. You know, I, I, I like I was a teenager, skateboarded all the time. We, we had a, a local skate shop and uh my son said he wanted a skateboard i was like his, you know it was the first thing he's like i'm getting done with kindergarten you know got kindergarten celebration we're gonna get you gifts he's like i want a skateboard so i take him to the place i grew up you know local family owned skate shop been around for 20 some odd years you know plus, plus maybe even longer than that and the same dude that sold me my skateboard was was in there, you That's know. Brilliant. And he's he's doing, and, and he t- he looked at me and he's like, you know what the thing is? He's like, uh, you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. Now, so if you get too if you get too successful, then you're a sellout. <laughs> if you're not successful <laughs> enough, you're poor as fuck. I'm like, you know what? That applies to what I what I uh, am into with the beer industry. It's like, you don't want to get too successful. You don't want to be uh, judged at that point.
1: Mm-hmm. That's how it goes too. It's I've seen it. A few times in this industry so far. Oh, yeah. Shit, oh, you yeah. work for Cigar City. Yeah. yeah, oh, he sold out. Oh, he did y'all dirty. It was like, sh- 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 I should have seen yeah. what he did for us. I was cool. Oh, yeah. like, <laughs> well, not even that.
3: It's like when you grow to a point where people think you forgot about them, it's like, oh, you've grown. You forgot about us. It's like, mm-hmm. no, man, I'm, I'm I'm trying to run a, a sustainable business. I haven't forgotten about you. And I hate that. It's like, you know, I, I used to get that a lot. And, and it's like now I'm like, if you want to walk in my shoes for a day, you're more than welcome to do that. But uh, at the end of the day, would you rather have me be responsible to this business or just sit in the basement and hang out and do bottle shares? And People you know, don't want to hear that. Yeah, they, People, don't, they, they don't. They don't. And it's, it's a sad fact of the industry. They don't want to hear that. They still think you should be the same Drew Fox that you were in 2013. And it's just it, – it, unfortunately – uh, I am still the same Drew Fox, but unfortunately, I still have a fiduciary responsibility to this company. You get a lot of uh,
0: lives, kind of. I mean, I hate to be dramatic about it, but there's a lot of lives in your guys' hands. So there's a lot of livelihoods, <laughs> I guess. Not 50, lives,
3: but like a lot of livelihoods. Fifty-plus employees so. that we're responsible for. Damn, that's so, a it's a lot a lot. Of
2: employees. So,
0: comparatively speaking, to the other 77 episodes of this show, it's like not many of them can say more than 10, 20 employees under you know.
3: There's days I wish it was just. Ten of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's simpler time yeah, type thing. Yeah. That's one thing um, I'm not
1: jealous of. I, was like, mm-hmm.
0: I, you, I said, more, I do you just not. Just make sure that beer's in the tanks, Oz. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure that beer's in the tanks. Comes out of the tanks, then we can taste it. it. Too many personalities
1: manage. That's like a that's birth control for me. <laughs> so much birth control. Oh yeah. All right, I got it right. Guys. Thanks, Drew. You got it. Take it easy. All right,
0: Oz, back to you. Now you're you're back in the in the focus <laughs> here. So so what was what was the first like first like run of your beer when you were here? You were kind of like
1: um, well, how'd that feel? Were you just like I was learning? I was nervous. It was really nervous. I was training on uh. So Rich would still be down this way, jumping back and forth, teaching me how to work the system. And whenever I had downtime, instead of me just hanging around and twiddling my thumbs, I would jump back and forth between buildings and help out. Um, and then one day, it was just like, oh, you got it by yourself. And I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what to do. Ripping the <laughs> Band-Aid off on you. knew what to do, but I knew, like, I already you told me how I was going to go when I got up here. Read. And it's going to be on you, basically, to figure it out. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. And I've had, I've had some hiccups. But it was, uh, I mean, it's expected, it's, it's but.
0: What do you mean when you say hiccups? Just beer you didn't like?
1: Uh, I've only technically, uh, as of right now, dumped four beers in my two years of brewing. Four. And one of them I wasn't paying attention and push lactobacillus into the wrong tank. Oh, shit. <laughs> so it's one of those moments like I was up here, I was young, I got that bartender mindset still, like, it's my last hour of work, I can rush out of here now. Get and the I, shit over with, let's yeah. go. Yeah. So that's one of the things I've had to adjust to where I can't just rush through things and keep my bartender mindset, like staying out to five o'clock in the morning, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Whereas to now, I'm at work more so around that time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> time I'm
0: getting home, I'm now starting work. That's that's a new thing, right? Yeah. So it, what's, what size would the system be
1: here? Um, our, our kettle is 10. If you uh, catch me just trying to max some stuff out sometimes, I'll push it to 11. Like say, if I'm filling a fooder. Um, but I got two 10-barrel uh, fermenters and four... Uh, four can't even get the number out right now <laughs> and four sevens four sevens yes. okay and then uh, you got fooders back there too i do have a fooder the fooder is 17 barrels because oh, there's one damn. fooder there's six punchins and currently right now as far as new projects with wild uh fermentation uh i think i got like a good 10 barrels filled with that right now oh shit so it's gonna take some time for me to develop it all, but we'll get there.
0: So what's coming, I man? Wow.
1: Um, I'm focusing more a little bit more on those, like as far as things I can get out now. More yeah. of these heavily fruited Berliners, not even so much even so much heavily fruited. Just want to focus on his flavors, but at the same time, could you still taste the beer and those heavily fruited ones? With some C's, you gotta oh. get a little yeah. thick with
0: some th- C's in there, otherwise people don't want to buy it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> so just trying to figure out a way to bridge the gap between. Um, the two people, the the the, the left and the right, right now.
0: Yeah, the 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 two fruited ones were awesome I and mean, great. The that collab though, the touch of lush, that's awesome. That's good. You
1: gotta be happy with that I'm, one, right? I'm, I'm happy. Um, that's one of those things when I was talking with Drew. I'm like, hey, we should do pink guava. He was like, I don't like guava. I was like, yeah, I'm from Tampa. We love guava. You're fucking guavaed out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got to we went with guava in there. It's one of those things I, I snuck in, and he was like, what's in there? I'm like, guava.
0: Like sh-
1: <laughs> Sometimes I get weird with passion fruit. I think personally, but
0: guava, I love. I love.
1: And I try to tell people like if, if you don't know the difference, they're hard to pick apart. Mm-hmm. But I prefer guava over passion fruit too. Yeah, a little
0: bit. That's, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with there. I've had plenty of beers with passion fruit that I've enjoyed. But sometimes I just think I, I prefer the ones that are that are more on the guava side or like the omit passion fruit. One or the other. If you're talking about the fruited Berlin or stuff um so do you have like kind of a focus down the road for like big releases or or like you know do you already have a uh an idea down the road for like barrel blending things like that
1: we've done one barrel blend so far now it's just a matter of like i said just getting enough product to start blending uh so i want to get that route so that's uh that's more in my head currently Okay. So like he said we'll sit down and we'll talk and we literally i went through some of these barrels in here and i'm just like nah just not gonna make it no and we probably went through a good 80 something barrels and dumped the majority of them uh so like i said just stuff
0: I'm, that was already existing before you mm-hmm. before you took over the shop it's kind of like yeah
1: it's kind of that focus thing like now they have a a focus down here like as far as somebody to sit here and know what's going on in every barrel at all time that went that route i think some things just kind of got Lost in the mix because Drew's on the road a lot, Rich is on the road a lot. It's kind of hard just to have those dudes sit here and try to focus on all these other products and then try to focus on another business down the road. So good old Oz came into play and then we went over here and figured out what was going on. And then I said, just now I do want to get more into those actual like the everything bagels. And we did a raspberry wild blend uh, back last July and we did 96 bottles of it. Our last bottle was just sold. The raspberry wild, raspberry wild, Blend is like three different barrels. Like teasing me right now. I thought, yeah, I was hoping they were still one behind you right now. I'm looking over your shoulder like they even. I went up to the office and they even got rid of my bottles from the office. And Firps. I was like, "What are y'all doing?" Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that one uh, like 84 pounds of raspberries in that one, and just played it long small enough. Small batch turners. too. Oh yeah. yeah, small batch. yeah So, cause I really want to get more into that stuff and that way, cause kettle sours was a little easier to pick up on all flavors. Mm-hmm um and they're easier to p- what are some of the off flavors you find in kettle sours man? uh the average one you find and like a lot of the nerds now beat people up for it is thp uh what does that
0: translate to
1: tetrahydro okay. oh man yeah
0: i you're talking about weed right now that's
1: the good stuff but no um thp i forget the actual long term uh i'll badger it right now but thp is that uh um, what does it give
0: like the layman th-
1: like it's a weedy type quality so a lot of people like the, so wine people can refer to it as mouse taint, if you know that, that really? urinary type to get more, smell. I
0: need to get more uh, wine people in my life, using <laughs> words like mouse taint. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's literally that's the term. That's but, a good uh, band
0: right there, mouse taint. I mean, let's go see mouse taint tonight. <laughs> that is a good They're
1: one. Live at 18th Street Pub. <laughs> the, uh, what you pick up in, in, a lot of craft beer drinkers call it uh, burnt Cheerios. Mm. I say Captain Crunch.
0: Captain Crunch. Okay,
1: it's that thing that kind of lingers, kind of interact with that pH in your body, and like, if it that lingering tart wheat quality, not like a, it's not, it's not, it tastes like Captain Crunch to me. Sometimes I get like
0: torch fuel almost, or like you know, like yeah. some sort of a the kerosene, butane, something like you know that in that vein. Every now and again, I don't,
1: I don't know what that is, what causes it. I just know <laughs> that
0: sometimes it it puts me off.
1: It's one of those things you kind of. It's, it's hard to scrub out. like I've gotten a lot of people we'd have to wait for time for it to literally just find his way out of there and let the yeast do its thing but it's common in sours most people that dry hop their hours are hiding are trying to hide thp
0: oh okay look at that little industry (laughs) secret (laughs) ding 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 ding. yeah so uh what what do you uh what do you guys have canned next you or i mean you still have a little bit of stuff available for the fruited berliners
1: so I let you try one earlier, and I will speak on this one because I'm rather excited about this okay. one. It's uh Dragonade. Yes, that, that um, was freaking dope. So we
0: uncarbonated. Is that like cold crash all that stuff? No, you know? it's literally still fermenting it's out just there right now. Out.
1: But um, it's, the way I decide to add the fruit and things in my beer are um, a little different than how most people ferment out on them. Uh, as far as these heavier fruited beers, but uh, Dragonade, we decided to go. I wanted to do a spin on. Pink lemonade, and everybody thinks pink lemonade is like oh it's pink grapefruit. It's like no, it's not. It's typically a strawberry or a raspberry, and that's just a typical way to go with it. But um, I figured we'll go with that 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 tartness of that lemon to we'll pair well with the salt. So we did a pastry style goza, lactose sugars in it, uh, and we use just enough dragon fruit to turn it pink. It's not gonna be anybody else's beers out here. It's no DFPF. It's <laughs> Not any of that thing like that. Why are you trying um, to be
0: Wakefield, dude? Hey, yes, that's
1: exactly know? what happened. We did have like Jay Wake. Is you trying to be Wakefield. Like, nah, oh. Like I respect what he does, but mm-hmm. I want to be the sour note. So that's right. We just did enough. I literally sat in here for hours one day, like, dosing beer to figure out how much I needed to put in. Let me turn it just the pink I wanted. Yep. But that's the route we going to do. Science, bro. <laughs> yeah. So we did that one. Uh, got some other things coming up heavily fruited, but um, – want to make sure they come out uh got that hidden springs collaboration that we got to get taken care of again Wait, what you yeah
0: you got that scheduled or you got that that's that's already happened
1: got a schedule we got to we got to get it You're going rescheduled out there and they come in there i went there already i went there last year okay. this time and okay. we did one called practice Ooh. and um i don't ask for many collaborations i really genuinely want to have a relationship with people like yeah vibe yeah what's the point you know to just be like
0: oh I just want to put your name on this beer with our name mm-hmm. and then we're gonna sell a bunch of it like it's if, like if
1: done correct collabs are dope have, but.
0: they really and they are and mm-hmm. like I've, i love to ask people about them that's that's a very fascinating subject uh we make jokes sometimes like, like the brewer just went there and like slapped a bag of grain was like collab boom done i'm out of here and then some of them it's like there's I, I think sean has talked about uh burns over you know at phase three he's talked about fucking Miles of emails just back and forth, going back and forth over recipes. I don't think people get that. I think people think collab, you need to be in the room, you're sharing, you know, you're both brewing the beer. Like, it's like the recipe is the the thing. You want to get, you know, take some things from this. Like, Bottle Logic told me, they were like, we like to kind of like, we, we, we do this with our yeast, and then you guys like to do this with like, you use molasses or something on your stout. So we want to incorporate that into this collab. Like I think that's a great way to do it.
1: See, mine was a learning experience from Hidden Springs, just to be able to sit in their house and see how they sour things out and how that process went. It opened my eyes to come back in here and do things a little differently here. So just, I mean, I've been around those guys forever, but it was a different experience. That Hidden
0: Spring shit is good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Somebody brought in a peanut butter and jelly Berliner. I was like,
1: what the fuck?
0: Those was it was been killing crazy it. good. It they was do so the good. most
1: bugged out beer. Like, um, uh-huh. I love it. And I'm okay
0: with it. I like when people just have some fun with it. I got yeah. no time to be shitting on people for putting crazy shit in beer. I love it. I, yeah. I think it's fun. Let's if do it doesn't good. come out, it doesn't come out. Like, you know, <laughs> like happens. if it doesn't, like you fucking microphone in the mail store and hailstorm put fried <laughs> chicken and ghost pepper and, and waffles in a beer. And, like, sounds dope. It sounds stupid to do it if you're low Why would you do something like that? And then beer was actually pretty good. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't know why you get mad about it. Just let's let's taste it. Let's see what happens.
1: Yep. Did that with them. But they have a, a, we got to get one done up here. So we did two with them down that way. And there's one still sitting in barrels where we wanted to actually do a sour beer. So we did an old broom. So. Hopefully that makes What makes something out. in Old room, like Uh, Malt base. Malt base? Malt base. Um, so what's the malt base versus the like darker malts. It's mm-hmm. more of a, yeah, it's a sour brown now. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Like fucking New Glarus. They can just throw one of those out there anytime.
1: Mm-hmm. Delicious. Like, well, it's one of those <laughs> things,
0: like a brewery that'll introduce that style to people that have no idea what that style is, you know?
1: I want to get into it, but like I said, we just got to, I think once we create more of a fan base this way and figure out what direction that, that well, we get the fan base on the direction that we're going we can start doing more of those things. That way, our bartender can have that time to sit down and actually detail these beers to them. Yeah,
0: hey, you can. You you hook them with the hook with the fruity stuff, mm-hmm. and then kind of layer in the other stuff. Like yep, yep. You kind of it make you make it an experience. You make it a fucking education. Like it's 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 not it's not a it's like almost a mental flight. You know, like we're gonna we're gonna layer in a bunch of this education along with these beers. You know, you're not just gonna have come here and get the easy win. You know. Oh, that one's truck full of raspberries. Let's have that one, <laughs> you know. I mean, let's let's do that. But then check out this little everything bagel or this farmhouse ale. You know, all these. You know, you get this that, that, that touch of lush. I mean, something to kind of just kind of further the tasting experience, further the palate, give that appreciation, and then people start to get it a little more.
1: I want to get into like um, grisettes and lichtenhainer's, like the beers that I like. How many people do Lichtenhainers around here? I I honestly never heard the word. Uh, <laughs> people compare them to Gozas and Berliners. They're technically okay. different. Um, some people use their base Goza and as their Berlin It's just a smoked weed ale. Okay. It's a smoked sour weed ale. It's dope, honestly. Like, if you do it with, like, smoked fish, it's it's, it's beautiful.
0: Pairing it? You mean, like, just mm-hmm. food-wise?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because a little bit of the smokiness of each other. Even, even if the fish isn't smoked, like a good salmon along with it, it's... it's Nice, and now you're going next level. You're hanging
0: out with too many sommeliers. <laughs> you, got to, you got Cicerone bottle opener. I mean, you're you're going too deep now. i <laughs> hanging around
1: with all the bougie people. All the bougie <laughs> people.
0: You might have to. The people will be looking that word up too. I'm like, What does
1: bougie mean? Oh yeah, my favorite thing is everybody looks for. it. like, oh man. I won't say it on. The, I'll tell you after this, but they look for my actual name on the internet, Oswald White, and they don't realize Oswald's not my first name. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's
0: Walter White. That's oh, yeah.
1: No, nah, Oswald's my middle name. It's just I go by that. Okay. Yeah, my mother and the police call me by my first name. Okay, I won't dime you out. I'm, I'm <laughs> a, I'm whatever that name
0: is, goes uh, goes to the grave.
1: Oh yeah, it's all good. People call me by it. I don't mind it. It's just some people mm-hmm. think like, oh, we stick we with you.
0: Oswald. <laughs> 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 just keep it with Oz. Everybody's like, oh, Oz over a sour note. Oh, oh yeah, Oz. yeah, I know Oz. It's a catchier name. Uh huh. Nice. So. Make you sound more rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Was there anything else you want to cover before I let you get back to your life, man?
1: Oh no, nah. I mean that nah, was you, awesome. You any questions down. you got?
0: No, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you sitting down with me. I mean, there's there's cans available. Sour. I mean, what's, what's the tasting room open? So um, sure. Right
1: now, we're looking to open more days when business increases. But Thursday as of right now, 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 right? Thursday hmm? too. They just added. Not that long. Was that Thursday's in? We've seen business increase a little bit, so gave them the bartender an opportunity. So we're from four until ten on Thursdays. Fridays we open from four until eleven. You no, know, get the party crowd afterwards. Party crowd. And then uh, Saturdays is twelve until eleven, and Sundays twelve until five.
0: I feel like the summer is the jam, right? I mean, the summer people are gonna be wanting some of this lighter stuff. It's got, be got these hard. nice little
1: bike trails around here, yeah. and then we got the running trail over here, and getting the patio put out here. So it should be a dope little area, and mm-hmm. then come listen to the sound of the train. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dude, everything's in like
1: places like this. You know, you're
0: always by something like workforce in mm-hmm. Plainfield, right? Right on the train tracks. You know? That's the best thing about breweries, yeah, they're they're in the most unique spots. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, oh, I just went to a Roaring Table up in Lake Zurich. They're at the fucking like next to a Petco in the end of a strip mall. It's, it's like called the, Roaring the, Table. It, yeah, the Roaring Table. Okay. Beer's dope. They're making great stuff. Like you know, uh, it's it's you never know when you might find a good brewery.
1: Need to take time to explore more often. I know you guys got you got <laughs> shit to do.
0: You got shit to do. You have an excuse to not be at all these places. Like yeah. us beer, beer nerds, got all its time to go run around. I miss being that beer nerd. And I know. I bet you do. <laughs> Freedom, baby. Oh yeah. Well, thanks, Oz. Appreciate you sitting down, doing the show with me, yeah. and uh, talking a little sour note
1: anytime i respond faster to emails next time Nah, i wouldn't worry about it <laughs> just
0: just be you just be
1: you there, there we go
0: uh anything else you want to talk about before you got nothing we oh. got nothing coming out nothing all right
1: now just just to check out for um, follow our ig and everything mm-hmm. that we have uh, dropping right now i'll get my butt kicked dropping too much more information but yeah follow our ig uh, our facebook and we will drop anything at least a good week to two in advance before we do it
0: okay so all right thanks man
1: cheers cheers